we're on the air. Arcade, arcade radio. Next time, in a world where there's only arcade radio. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> Bane. I think that guy died. Bane. Arcade radio. In a world. That's right. In a uh, world of radios, only one man. Only one man and millions of radios. Where will he find love? In a world of radios, only one man. <laughs> In a radio of worlds. Wait. In a man of radio worlds. <laughs> yeah, so Dan is going to join late. All right. Which one? Which Dan? Now, we, now it's confusing. Uh, Lucen. Lucen. Our guest. Yeah. The other right. Dan hasn't joined in weeks, so. Okay. In, oh, <laughs> you know what? There's not a good way to drink wine and talk into the pop filter. I'm just. <laughs> just pour, to... pour the wine into the pop filter. Yeah. I need a pop filter that has like a sieve type of setup for me. If anybody out there is listening and uh, has some like bead on that kind of thing, let me know. That's a thing, right? When you have a bead on something? That's when you, yeah, your little aimer thing on your gun is pointed at something. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good. That's the bead. I've been gone for two days, so now I've got to double check on my Craigslist. Let's see what's out there. That's a bunch of crap. The aimer thing. Oh. The aimer thing. Speaking of, somebody uh, in, in my arcade search, the first thing that comes up is somebody for Big Hunting Ranch the hell hmm. hey Adam who do you favor for the Super Bowl well I'm obligated to hate Seattle oh I didn't know they were playing oh um, the Supersonics no phys- <laughs> Philadelphia the, oh so you you're you're for Philadelphia no I'm against them I'm obligated oh. to hit, hate Philadelphia did I say Seattle you did why did I say Seattle I was oh you want to move there no I tell I don't I, you, I'm, I'm, don't ob- I'm obligated to hate Florida but there's no taxes. Come on. <laughs> How can I... I think, like, mm-hmm. th- there's attractive people there, apparently. Oh, I'm going to turn this down. The new gaming thing is ridiculous. <laughs> what are you, are what? you drinking? You're, are, you drink, are you drinking with a straw now? <laughs> no, I was sipping. I was sipping. So, here's the live stream. Oh, there's somebody in the Welcome chat. Dave from Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, we got Dave and Mike Martin. Nice. Welcome to the show. Hello, Dave. Take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, you have the best comment on the other show about saving money for Steve's. (laughs) Well, that must have been uh, the uh, arcade uh, hangouts. Oh, uh... okay. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't think I would have read that on the radio. On the radio. I joined in. I joined in for their uh, hangout on Tuesday. You know, I got kicked out because I have this show and they felt that I was not worthy of being in their show since I had this show, which I think is a compliment to you. (laughs) Thanks for kicking my friend Mark out of your show. That seems petty. I mean, I wasn't doing anything on Tuesdays. I don't know what the heck, uh, you know. Yeah. Whatever. It's unfortunate. That's weird. I you mean, know, there there's yeah. such a dick waving contest in this world, uh, in this arcade world, and I don't I don't care. I just it's just 
we're all part of the same team, you know. I mean, Unless you're somebody that uh, doesn't believe in uh, my uh, my observation on something, and then I'm gonna get you banned. <laughs> are you talking? Wait, about that sounds maniacal. Are you, are you talking about something in particular? Uh, sort of. I was on Facebook, and then there's this guy that does this attention grabbing thing where he posts uh, ads that are on Craigslist for like really amazing deals. But the problem is they've been up for a while and you know that somebody somewhere has a deal and it, and he's going to destroy it by doing this because oh he does it on purpose yeah and he's like i'll do that if i want and i'm like mm, please don't and then <laughs> i got i got into like a little verbal fight and luckily he was very abusive and used profanity and then i was able to go to the moderator and get him mo- uh banned but i'm like just don't you know I mean, I, you know what? That if if it's a small group, it's great. But if you're trying to like just attention grab, because all the guy could talk about was, dude, my when I did that, it got so many views, and I'm like, who cares? Somebody somewhere is screwed, and doesn't want to be. All right, this wine is strong. It's Sweet, enhancing my. Yes, it's the truth serum, huh? Casey, yo, yeah. what's up in the chat, yo? That's my pre-show burp. I'm gonna add that to every show. No, no. So Dave from Buffalo says that we need Time Rider back on the uh, Arcade Hangout on Tuesdays. How about you bring back Adam and me? We can we can like make a split screen and we'll both be in like one box. That'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that way we don't take up two boxes. It's a great idea. <laughs> I I would love to be on that show. I, I actually I talked to them. I said I'd love to guest on that show. I think they they were fairly inviting when i was at grinkers so <clears throat> oh yeah i think you can get in it'd be fun and i dave's right it's like cross promotion who the heck let's you know we're right now listen to arcade hangouts it's a great podcast i've actually listened to it i listen to it when you know i'm feeling alone it's it it's can be a little rambly <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what you're saying because I'm not certain of what your point is. And so please, if you could just tell me what exactly the other is thing that, that you're... <laughs> the other thing I thought was really cool is there's a girl in there. Where? Uh, on, a, on the on the Hangouts? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Carrie. I mean... She's not a girl. She's, she's not. She's a, a woman. <laughs> well... No, she's a girl. She's a girl, yes. A woman, a girl. You know, something we don't have on this show. <clears throat> well, you're right. Although... I think Bob's wife uh, or a girlfriend or somebody, something, uh, you know, she's, she's involved in some way. Yeah. So I'm working on getting retro Brit bitch on the show. Maybe next week. Retro bitch. That's what she goes by. Okay. You know oh my God. There's this girl named retro pickle. Everybody go follow her on Instagram. <laughs> Super hot. Oh my God. She was carrying around a Nintendo, uh, game boy color and her hair is green and she has a boyfriend. So it's okay for me to like talk about it <laughs> since I'm not going to have any chance, but and I'm married. And you know, you're married. Oh, no, there's just a little detail. Married. Cat, married. So do you know who get, uh, cat Despira is cat? No. Cat, Catherine Despira. She's got a little blog. It sounds familiar. Called Retro. Oh, okay. She uh, her most recent article is about Todd Rogers. Actually, poor Todd. People are dragging him all through. I mean, he's (laughs) dragging. (laughs) I mean, dragon. Yeah, I know. Oh, I get it. (laughs) Drag, drag Drag racer. What a drag racer! Him everywhere. It's okay, Todd. You know, 
if you if you have to, you can always, you know, resubmit new high scores unless you're banned, which sucks ass. I don't know. That's just sad. <clears throat> well, he's he was banned. That's the yeah. Thing. But what does that even mean? From from you know Twin Galaxies. Twin Galaxies, but whatever. I'm sure Arcade would open him would accept him in with open arms if you know they can verify whatever it is. Yeah, I I have a theory about that. Maybe we'll talk about that on the show if we discuss this article. You know. Okay. Oh, I mean, there's that, and there's a video somebody made, and there's all sorts of crap. It's like people have no. What is is this? What you do with your free time? You. That's right. You debunk. I guess. Well. It is one thing to landed on the moon. You know, oh, British fifteen hundred checking yeah. in. Good old Ryan. Hello, mate. <laughs> he's actually just like from Prior Lake or something. He's, oh, he's, he's from Minnesota. <laughs> I think he lives in Minneapolis somewhere. Not really sure. And then there's um so we got Dave, we got Mike, we got Casey, we got British. I, I think Casey's wife's gonna join in uh when we do the new segment today. St. Paul. He lives in St. Paul. St. Paul. St. Paul. Classy. Yeah. Very, very government-like over there. Well, it's almost 8 o'clock, so it's time for bed after that. Time for bed and some crumpets. <laughs> That's the worst English accent I've ever done. It's time for bed and some crumpets. If I say crumpets, I have accent. Crumpets? <laughs> Do you want some crumpets? I'll put them in your bed so when you go to bed, the crumpets will be there. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Dick Dude, Dude, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Mary Poppins step in time. <laughs> Casey's folding his underwear and waiting for Dolly to put the boys to bed. Well, hello, Dolly. Yes, hello, Dolly. <laughs> I don't know the next lyric. So, uh, <clears throat> should we get this uh, show on the road? No. Oh, oh yeah, okay, go ahead. All right, okay. <laughs> Are you sure? No. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Um, here we go. Live from KOIR Studios in Minneapolis. Does that sound loud to you? No, it's perfect, actually, on my, on my stream. Because this is really loud. Hey, Casey just called me Skidmark Shields. That was my joke <gasps> oh, nickname. Oh, really? Yes. That's terrible. Skidmark. My friend's name was Badass, and I was Skidmark. Man, that's that's for sure. All right, here we go. Live well, we from KOIR Studios. Wait, are we going or are we not go going? Ahead. All right. Live no, from K- wait a minute. Are we going or are we not going? <laughs> okay, just wait for me to shut up and then start it. Live from KOIR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio.
I don't. I can't even announce. I'm so flustered. <laughs> we danced during that intro. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of breath. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my breath and drink some wine. <sighs> Welcome to season two. Is this episode eight? Welcome to season two, episode eight of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, February 1st, 2018, and the time is now approximately 7.28. We've been like doing a a thing, you know. Thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. This is your host, Adam Stevens, and I'm joined by the incomparable Mark, meet the Time Runner Shields, and the guest host of Arcade Radio this week is... Mr. Dan Lucen, who will be on the show shortly. We're going to give him a call and uh, see how he's doing. And if he doesn't answer, we're going we're gonna to call a payphone at the mall. All right, let's, should we call see him? Who should we see what happens? Sure. All right, we'll, <clears throat> we'll just do that. Uh, so this, uh, Oh, wait, I forgot. There's no payphones at the mall. <laughs> oh, I almost left the call. I don't want to leave the call. I want to add a person to the call, right? Here we go. Yes. So his number for everybody who wants to know it's 505-632-867530. I just noticed there's a there's a new song that has a, a number that's popular. Do you know oh, that song? No, I don't. I, now I want to call that number, but I'm probably like five months behind on that. Right. Hmm. I love that sound. Yeah. Hey. Is your refrigerator running? Uh, Just Ghostbusters pinball. (laughs) All right. All right. You have have Prince Albert in a can. Everybody welcome Dan Lucen to the show. (laughs) So, hey, Dan, how you doing? Good. Good. Unplugging the pinball machines. There we go. Oh yeah, you ha- so you have a Ghostbusters, huh? Uh, yes. It's on right now. One of the many. What is it on right now? No, I just turned it off. Oh, how were you? I doing? was on ball two. It wasn't a great game. Oh, so it was fine. yeah, wow. yeah. So wait, what's your latest pin? Um, well, Ghostbusters and Rob Zombie both got here at this. Well, Ghostbusters, Rob Zombie, and Caribbean Cruise all got here at the same time after last year's show wow. and Star Trek. Nice. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> not not the seventies one. It's the new one, right? Uh, next gen. Yeah. Not the new new one. The nineties version of it. My oh. latest game though is a Sega Super GT Dual Cab. Cool. So that Sweet. is a game that was woefully underappreciated in the arcades because it's just not a great game and on Coin Drop. But I happened to work at an arcade where we all discovered how you actually play it, and it's way better that way. So it's nice because you can pick them up super cheap too. Awesome. So I got my dual cabinet, and I, I'm rebuilding uh, the one that I'm leaning on right now, the right side unit, and uh, it's going to look nice. And yeah, I got to finish this arcade sometime down here, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. How many games do you have in your little arcade at home? In my home arcade or that I own? Oh, you have, wait, I didn't know. Tell us about both. Um, well, let's go with home arcade since I'm standing here. I've got three, four, five, six. 19 pins and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight bids right now. 
Nice. Down here? Yeah. So I own somewhere in the vicinity of 70 games overall. So it's a matter of finishing the rest of the arcade to figure out which ones are coming in and which ones are getting sold and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, we know some people that'd be interested in buying if you want to give me a Yeah, it's kind of funny. Every time that I've mentioned that, like, ooh, once I get this done, I get, like, three or four friends that are like, you know which ones I want dibs on. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) Funny. Yeah, it's... I mean, I'm excited because, long story short, uh, my wife and I have been looking for a newer house for a long time. We had lived in a house that was overall very small. And collecting arcade games and stuff like that, which is a big part of my uh, hobby, if you will, other than running the show and stuff like that, is not exactly a small thing to do. And so my last house fit 10 super uncomfortably. And so we moved to a new place and it fits. I'm like I said, I think I, whatever I named, it was something like 28 just now that I counted. I can probably fit another seven in, um, but I've got to figure out what now. And so I'm pretty happy with that number, but uh, it's a duplex. So I have to kind of soundproof the basement better. And uh, it's a really old duplex. So I have uh, been surprised, I'll say, about some of the projects that we had to do. So like I've put in 3,200 and some odd pounds of mortar so far me and a friend um to make it so that it's not having worms living in the mortar um yeah 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 that was that was a fun little exciting thing when i first moved in because i was all gung-ho to move all these games in and then it was like wait a minute i can't do it when there's life uh that's supported by the walls no so um (laughs) little by little i've been getting stuff in and now it's a matter of uh kind of finishing up the ceiling so that it's actually more soundproof brick and warmer brick and mortar brick and warmer warmer warmer. uh field stone and mortar the house is from 1886 wow so yeah it's uh it's an old victorian yeah and um we we love it and uh, the walls we not victorians field stone sweats a little bit when it gets wet outside and like that's pretty normal with it and the when we got it it was relatively dry and everything looked fine but then i took a broom to it and more to the sides and my fist started falling off the walls and i was like oh we need to fix that and i mean it's an amazing old house it just needs a lot of different things so like it's been a lot of stuff has been done to it already i've taken down walls and i'm <laughs> getting there it's just a matter of like you know i need to now organize a lot of my crap that is here itself and then also figure out how to make it so that my poor tenants don't hear me playing ghostbusters pinball at 10 at night because that's kind of rude so oh so 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 you own the duplex and the tenants are on the other side the tenants are on the first level oh i see that's a split we're on the second and third yeah it's a split like that so i think in wisconsin we just call them all duplexes because when i bought them um other people were telling me that it was a split but only my friends that aren't from Wisconsin, or at least not from the area. Um, and, yeah, I've heard of a split. Yeah. And that, like I said, that's what I heard from a lot of people, or maybe it's just me because I don't, didn't do that much from duplexes. We kind of randomly came across this place and um, we could afford it. It was where we wanted and the space was right. And it was like, yes. And so we've got really awesome tenants. And uh, the basement is, I mean, the basement here is, three to four times larger than the basement that I had in my last place. Hmm. So it's just a matter now of like finishing stuff up and making it so that the walls stop leaking and stuff like that, which I think most of that's been done. 
Um, so yeah, but now I've, I have this little thing going on in my life that's made me so that it, it I barely get to work on this stuff. So. Oh, well maybe we'll talk about that sometime. Yeah. yeah. Save, save that for your interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you working on, Mark? Well, I'm not doing, okay. So today I've been busy. I had an arcade, uh, it's funny. I went to Dallas. I brought my DeLorean and then I did an event and there were six arcade games there that a company I think called go, go arcade, something Dallas. I don't exactly know the name. And it was interesting. Um, you know what they had done with some, you know, machines and they were renting them out for a party anyway. So long story short, I finished that event. And then this morning I got in my car. My wife is like, what's this green stuff? It looks like ectoplasm, and it turns out my radiator, I snagged it somehow coming out of oh. the of the building. And so <laughs> I got, you know, about five, ten miles away, and then I got, uh, you know, I pulled into a place to have somebody look at it, and they're like, oh, your seam is leaking and I'm on the radiator. And, and so then I got to have some fun, some fun interactions with people I don't know. The first one was where I asked somebody if they would tow me from Dallas to Houston, and they said twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> then I was, I, and I hung up like pretty quick, like oh, ha, 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 that's nice. Okay, no, bye. And then I hung up. Then I went and called the uh, insurance company to see how far they could get me, plus you know what else I would have to pay. And it was it's a sixty mile, you know, freebie, and then everything after that. So that was nine hundred dollars, and I'm like. No bueno. I will not do that either. Now, this is the DeLorean that you're towing? Just checking. Yeah, I, yeah, I have a DeLorean. Okay. Uh, 1981, 6329 is the VIN. So it's October, somewhere in 1981. And it so has it all does the, have the gas flap? Uh, no, it's it's before the gas flap. Oh, it's after, after the you gas mean. flap, rather. Yes, yes. <clears throat> See, I, I can nerd out with DeLoreans for a while. I love so. it. Um, yeah, me, yeah, so I'm curious. I have to ask this. Did you help? Uh, did someone help you buy it from the arcade community? No, I bought it in 1999. Oh, wow. You've had it for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it was my first movie car. Very cool. And, See, and, go ahead. I, I, I just had this funny thing where I've wanted, or I, I had wanted, and I'll tell you why in a minute, a DeLorean for ages. I've been saving up and saving up and saving up. And last summer, not the previous summer, the summer of 2016, I uh, saw on Facebook a enter to win a DeLorean at the DeLorean conference thing. And it was like $50 a ticket. And I was like, okay, I'm totally not going to win, but I need to know when the next one of these is because I want to go. So if I sign up, I know that I'll get the email. So that'll be great. And so I sent them an email and said, you know, I'd like to buy one of these tickets. And the guy immediately replied and said, Dan Lucent of the Midwest Gaming Classic. And I was like, yeah. What? And he was like, I love the show. I'm up there all the time. And so he was like, yeah, if you're ready, you know, I'll help you get one. So, um, yeah. So I was, I was planning on buying one this summer and then we happened to, uh, kind of randomly buy an, uh, electric car and thus endeth my ever wanting another gas car. So, Oh yeah. Well, I mean, uh, at least a modern gas car. I mean, that's the thing about those older 70s and 80s cars. Uh, you know, my car had a radiator issue, but it's so mm -hmm. blat blatantly obvious how to fix it. It is not, it's not like the computers, you know, the computer on that is like the simplest PCB ever. Right. No, I just, so for me, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, well, I had, because I went to a DeLorean conference up here with my son um in june or july of this year and that was where i was kind of planning on 
like making the first moves and figuring out which one I was going to get. And as like right before that happened, I was like, okay, I, I don't want a gas car anymore. I just want a long range electric. So I took my money and put it towards a Tesla instead. So, well, that's a probably that's probably really a good deal. Although, I mean, DeLoreans as as with pinball appreciate over time, right? And so, I think that that would be a good purchase on you know you know as something that you could hand down to you know the kids or whomever. But, yeah, no, uh, I agree. I almost bought one in '99 myself. That was when I first started driving, and I literally bid on a couple on eBay. And my parents were not so enthused because at the time oh, I was no. in college, did not really have that much money. And they were like, how are you going to pay for this? And I was like, if I win one, I will figure out a way. Don't you worry. And I never did. But um, right. yeah, they to this day, my parents are still like, yeah, you have no idea how terrified you were when we were when you were bidding on one. And I, like they were only selling for like seven or eight thousand at the time. And I was like, oh, my know, gosh. That yeah, that was the bar. That wasn't that crazy. Day. Yeah, it, it wasn't went, that it, crazy. It even got cheaper, like for a couple years after that. Yeah, and, and then after that, it's all through the sky. It's just, I mean, a broken down DeLorean now for thirty thousand is like, oh, it's such an amazing deal. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Yeah, exactly. Brian in so, the chat says yeah. that he'd drive a DeLorean, but he'd have to get the souped-up engine plus manual transmission. Manual? Wait, did you say manual? Yeah, manual's good. Yes, I thought you were going to say automatic. Almost all of them are. Are automatic. Very few, maybe three or four hundred. Maybe it may be seven hundred are automatic. You have to really search for those. But I don't. Uh, yeah, mine's manual. So and what? I would, what and I actually the, learn how to drive manual with that DeLorean. What's the souped-up engine? He's, um. Well, they make a stage two, is what they call it. And what they did was they took crate DeLorean engines that had never been put in a car, sent it to a guy that does performance tuning. And then he like experimented with it and found that, you know, if I put this, you know, this in the exhaust and this and this, I can increase the horsepower. And so instead of 130 stock horsepower, you get 200 uh, horsepower uh, as a result of those additions. And that's what I have. There was also just a few that they did as factory um, turbos, like updates once they got to it was it was dealer updates, I believe, that was like a turbo. Um, but they were, they were relatively limited and yeah, I mean, and then like the movies actually put in, I, I kind of think of them as real engines because that's what they were for that car, um, to make them drive better for the movies. Um, oh no, I they did exactly not. They what were, they were running on. No, they just had stock engines in the movies. The, the only car that had a weird engine. No, I, the third, the third movie in particular, I know that they had used a different one to make it faster. Mm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to like, uh, call a stalemate there but tell you what I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll we, we can nerd out on this later but it, it, this is the delorean podcast right it is not so <laughs> oh so all right i, I guess well, i'll drop I was, it then sorry <laughs> as far as back to the future goes i was i was married i was about to say i was born but no i was married on october 21st 2015 on the clock tower set at the back lot of universal studios wow <laughs> I was at Universal Studios last week. Jennifer oh, Lawrence one? or Lopez, what, Hollywood. Uh, Jennifer Lopez was filming at the Clock Tower set, so I saw it, buy it, but I didn't see it. So Los Angeles, awesome. Yeah. Jennifer. Yeah, we had to get married before uh, Agent Peggy Carter started filming, so we had to do it quickly. <laughs> it's, oh, that so, place was really interesting. So and to finish to my, bring it back to oh, video games. Yeah. I was just going to say, to bring it back to video games, they are rumored to be building a Nintendo Land at Universal next. That'd be weird. I like I like that idea. Nintendo Land. 
Yeah, it was like a Zelda ride and a Mario Kart ride and stuff like that. I, hmm. It's so I I used to work in the themed entertainment industry in multiple different jobs, including full time professional type jobs. And the thing that's a weird trend in that industry right now is that they're going for interactivity with everything to the point that like things follow you around. And so it's very fascinating to me that Universal is now going toward putting Nintendo stuff in the parks and like. It's also weird to me because as a, I'm a huge Nintendo fan, and when I hear that, I kind of am like, okay, I'd go on that if I was there, but it's not something that makes me feel like, oh, man, I need to go right away to see that. Hmm. So I'm very curious to see what they right. pull off in the end to see, you know, is it going to be something that's going to push me to show up or not? It was actually my first time there, so is it something that will push me to make a second appearance? Well, and there's Sega's already done that. They have parks still. Go ahead. Sega World and Sega Park. Right. Where? Japan. Yeah. Well, and they're Uh, United Kingdom, China, Australia, just not here. Yeah. I mean, GameWorks, they have, but that's... GameWorks kind of started as little themed entertainment zones and has now just become more or less straight-up arcades. Mm -hmm. So, because when they started, they had their own unique games, and, like, the one that was in... Schaumburg, which is near Chicago, that we've teamed up with as the show in the past had at one point a ride where you would strap in like into an actual harness and you would shoot on this big vertical screen um, different things. And it was like balloon. It was like guys that were trying to shoot the balloons away from you. And if they shot your balloons, you would actually fall. And so you'd float up as you would shoot the other guys up to like maybe 20 or 30 feet up and then you'd fall back down. And, uh, that one I never saw, but the one that I did see, they had a House of the Dead um, environmental, which was crazy. You sat down on what looked like one of the Doom buggies from a Disney park, and the there was a screen in front of you, and you would shoot at that, and they had uh, air that would spray you in the face whenever you got hit or something like mm-hmm. that. So it would be real kind of startling. And then at points in the game, it would stop, and the game would be like, watch out behind you, and suddenly the whole thing would whip around, and there'd be a screen that would show up behind you and there'd be zombies there to shoot. And hmm. it was, it was insane. And I've, I heard that there's less than uh, like 50 of those that were ever made and I, they, they don't have it anymore, but it was, it was unique. It wasn't quite what the Sega worlds are of the other places where they have actual roller coasters and stuff like that. Not that I've been, but I've looked and uh, it was cool though. Cool. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to finish my story and say the way I solved my issue that the car wouldn't move is I went to U-Haul, rented a 15-foot trailer and an auto transport, a 15-foot truck and an auto transport rather hmm. and towed the car back. It cost me like 160 bucks. Sweet. Nice. Yeah, my my week is yeah, I don't know. I got that stupid you know, Mr. And Mrs. Pac-Man plaguing me. What's wrong with them? Uh, well, I had to rewire the coin door because um, I had wired it, uh, sort of jury-rigged it, and then it worked. But um, there was a stuck switch, and so if a drop target was down and um, the ball went out the out lane, it would reset the game, which is kind of annoying when you're mm-hmm. playing. So I, I think I've got that mostly figured out now um, <clears throat> after lots of trial and error and rewiring everything. But I'm also kind of in the restoration pro- process. I mean, uh, Dan, you can't see this, but um, I'm going to show um, Mark here. But this is a oh, okay. pop bumper cap. 
It has Pac-Man on it. You can see that. Oh man, he looks like he's choking. Yeah, and then his eyes—he's like. Okay, go ahead. If you see on on the back, there's these old Bally pop caps from the early Ballys have three tabs. Yeah, one of them just broke off. And the the and then they have a ring that this pops down onto the top of. And so, in order to um, you know, operate on the game, you have to actually pop the pop cap, the pop bumper cap off. And then you can remove the, the ring or you can change the bulb or whatever. And the person before me had glued these to the to the actual ring. Oh, well, that will keep it on. <clears throat> yeah, but you can't you can't like do anything about the bulb that goes out inside it. So I was trying to replace the bulb and then you pull in the ring and then the, the little tabs that hold the ring broke off. So then I had to replace those. So I've been <laughs> I basically replaced the whole pop bumper assembly now with mm-hmm. with new chrome uh, contacts and everything, but um, I also ordered new blank yellow pop cap, uh, pop bumper caps. You can see that there now it has three tabs, and I got the little file with the logo on it. <laughs> and so I've already replaced them, and I've actually ordered a, a punch kit. I'm gonna actually these are transparent, so you can stick them on there. But I did them on my inkjet, and they turned out really good. So. Um, so I can't see this. No. So I have to ask, is this a like upgrade type mod type thing or is this to make it look like the original? No, it's uh it's to replicate the original and I actually painstakingly okay. um printed it out, measured it, made sure it was the right size, had to resize it a little bit. So it's a it's a vectorized graphic that I printed out on my uh inkjet on um basically uh labels for your, you know, like a big sheet of uh, mailing label, but, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's transparent, so all the see-through parts that were supposed to be yellow are yellow. And I'm actually thinking I might um, put a couple up on eBay just to help people out who are looking for replacement parts. Yeah, that's a great game. That's a game that a lot of people, I think the the maze part of it is very confusing. Yes. And if you don't read what the heck you're supposed to do, it yep. looks terrible. But once you understand it, I I have one. I really like it. Yeah, me too. You know, and, it, and it's one of those love or hate games. A lot of people, I've heard the exact same thing. You go into Pinside on the forums and they're like, yeah, that's a great game, except for that whole maze thing just takes away from it. And I'm like, actually, I think it really adds to it to really fun part of the game i i think that in general the pinball machines that are themed to be things that aren't quite pinball always get knocks on them because of that um mr and mrs pac-man because that was like the first video mode and i don't usually like video modes but it's themed after a maze game so to me that made perfect sense and it yeah. works and i also am someone who doesn't hate street fighter from Gottlieb <laughs> because that game to me plays exactly like the video game, which is what they were going for. Yeah. And I understand why anybody that walks up to it, it sure doesn't play like a pinball machine. It sure likes to hold onto the ball for a long period of time at a time. But uh, it's, if you like um, the video game and if you understand what they're going for, I think they did a great job with it. Well, Mark has one of those two. Mark has two fast breaks and they score like basketball. They're not like the traditional scoring and, you know, it, there's the there's all the pin, all the pinball machines that have sort of a unique flair to them. I think are why people go after them. I mean, Adam's family had a lot of unique features on it when it came out. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. 
like anything that had come out well, before. I think that the that the difficulty is that a lot of people that own one or two machines want to have a machine that plays like what they think of as a pinball machine, like an average pinball machine. Sure. So you're looking for something that has three or more pop bumpers. You're looking for something that doesn't, you know, stop the ball every three seconds and hold it for five seconds to play an animation on the back glass. Yeah. You're looking for that sort of thing. And so those games are always kind of pushed to the side. But if you have, like, I'm in the position just because of how lucky I am slash stupid I am to have bought as many <laughs> machines as I do that I have a lot of the traditional style games, but I also love to find all the weird like pinball machines that, Oh, this doesn't play like anything else. Like in my basement right now, I have a super Mario brothers mushroom world, which is the really tiny um, Mario yeah. brothers version. And it plays really awesome. I also have a Caribbean cruise, which again, does not play anything like a big machine, but is really awesome. I have one of the head to head Elvin G games because it's really weird. And if I had just one game, I wouldn't pick any of those three to put in the basement. And if I got one, I'd be sick of it very quickly. But mm -hmm. with there being like 20 down here, well, yeah, of course I'm going to have some stuff like that because it breaks it up. I don't need everything that's the exact same as, you know, Ghostbusters and Big Buck Hunter are awesome and I love them both, but they ultimately aren't as different from one another as something like uh, Caribbean Cruises. Right. And did you say you have a Mushroom Land? Mushroom World, yeah. Does Tom Taylor have one of those? I think he does. Uh, you've then played mine because mine was at Tom's for a while. Ah, yes, because it's super rare. And so I... There's 500 made, supposedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the story, the story of this one, um, I used to go to all the auctions here in Milwaukee, and we found this one at an auction. Technically, it's owned by the uh, Midwest Gaming Classic, and we were at the auction. It was folded up, no legs. And the auctioneers said, all right, everybody, you know, we're going to be auctioning these off next. They totally work. We just didn't have legs for them. And there's three games. It was this, it was a fun house, and I think a Baywatch. And everybody was like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever you say, because when an auctioneer tells you that it totally works, you just don't have legs, it means it doesn't work at all, and it's probably like missing three boards. <laughs> um, and so I had looked at it, and I had plugged it in and said it turned on, and that's all that I knew. And I was like, well, what the hell? You know, it's pretty rare. Let's see what happens. I, I paid, including the fees, for it less than $415. Um, this was at a time that they were selling for about 1000 working. Took it home, unfolded it, turned it on, functioned perfectly. Wow. That's amazing. So it's, yeah, it's been to the show multiple times. It was on location at Star Wars Arcade for a while. Um, and now it is here beside my maximum force. So awesome. I actually had a whole bunch of my games for a while. Yeah. So I, I've, the last... I've liberated some of them, but he's got 10 of mine still probably. Okay. Yeah. The last game, last time I was there when he had his open house, um, <clears throat> I played that. It was a lot of fun. Short, short throw yeah. on that. It's super fast. I, mm -hmm. I but I really enjoyed it. Well, that's that's my favorite thing about pinball is the fast ones. So yeah. Yeah. my favorite games are Iron Man and Viper Night Driving, which Iron Man is just crazy fast, and then Viper Night Driving uses actually lighter balls, so it's always super fast, and <laughs> I just love speed like that. So cool. Yeah. It, uh, were they in a war zone or what's going on here? We got why the blank would you just have some working pinball sitting around with no legs? And then he's, <clears throat> then he says, were they 
in a war zone near unexpected ordnance or unexploded ordnance or what, what how did they end up um, with no legs this is a listener asking in uh yep. here's the here's the basic gist if you've never gone to an auction and auctions at least the traditional way of auctions have completely dried up the the first auction that i went to was in probably 2000 or 2001 i bought a cybernaut that i'm it's right in front of me right now actually and uh we so we went to that one and the auctioneers their entire goal is to convince you to spend more for their game and the that year we got these two and nothing really happened but the second year i went i got a space station and we got it because for the first midwest gaming classic back when it's called midwest classic in 2002 cybernaut had broken i didn't know how to fix it Gary didn't know how to fix it. We had tried a bunch of stuff, but didn't know anybody at the time. And so we were like, well, we, we promised people there'd be a pinball machine. Let's get another one. And so the auctioneers were going back and forth and bidding on it and stuff like that. And we bid it up and, uh, we, we had said $900 because the most that we had to spend was a thousand. And with their fees, that would have been over a thousand anyway. And they said, all right, 1,000, and 1,000 going once, 1,000 going twice, 1,000 sold. And then they pointed at me and they said, it was you. And I was like, no, I bid 900. And they were like, you need to watch what you're doing. You bid 1,000. Give us your number. <laughs> and like, so like that is how shady that they can be. Whoa. And I learned, I, I learned it. And once you learn it and you learn how to play the game, because you're often bidding against the person that owned the machine. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, that's not fair. But I also, after I started knowing people would go and we'd be, I'd be like, I'm totally going to buy that one. And they'd be like, yeah, you know, I was thinking of the same thing. I'd be like, okay, well, what would you bid for it? And then we both say a number and whoever had the higher number was the only one that bid. And so like, if me and a friend were both like, oh man, that Cybernaut looks nice. And I was like, I'm going to bid 600 for it. And he was like, I'm going to bid 700 for it. I would be like, all right, cool. I'm not going to bid on it then. And then if he got it for 400, more power to him. Um, But so like, I never had issues with that, but the auctioneers often would get loads of stuff just randomly from buyouts. And so I bought a JAMA cabinet once from them for 10 bucks that was not working. Mm -hmm. And it ended up having a working bad dudes versus dragon ninja board in it. And the only reason that it wasn't working is that the power supply wasn't connected. So you could find good deals with this because they didn't really know what they were getting, but they didn't have ways to store this and move this stuff around the country. And so these pinball machines were probably that type of thing where they had bought these from a location or whatever, put them on a truck, opened them up, brought them out there. And we're like, well, crap, we don't have any legs for this. And so let's sell them. And I swear that the guy probably had no idea if they were working or not because they, like I said, they were always like that. Yeah. Uh, where it was just kind of like, Hey, we're, we're going to get whatever we can for this. And, um, they, they were very big on the people who were new kind of letting them do their own thing. I actually, uh, a kind of funny auction story. I have a maximum force cabinet, mm-hmm. um, the light gun game. And when I bought that one, I was at an auction. And by this point I knew what I was doing. I saw it. I loved how the cabinet looked. It's a game that I really like. And I was like, all right, I'm totally going to bid on this. And so I started <laughs> bidding on it. And uh, I knew that I was bidding against the owner of the machine because you could figure out who owned it. And so we got up to, uh, I think it was $350 for it. And I looked directly at the owner of the machine who was bidding against uh, me on the other side of it. And I said, 375 is my final offer. So you can take it or take the machine home with you. And man, did he look unhappy with me after that. But I won the game. 
And <laughs> the, like, his goal was, of course, you know, they're going to keep me going until the last time. And, like, that's how, that's what happened with the space station. That space station that I got was in absolute terrible shape, is a game that today isn't worth the $1,200 that I paid for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, is like, I got completely boned on that. I got boned on it because the auctioneers work with the people that are selling it to get the most money because then they, the people that brought the machines get more money and the auctioneers get more money. And when you're selling to people that don't know what they're buying, you can't be overly angry at what you bought because you don't know what the market is. And back then there wasn't like websites that you could go on. This was 2000, 2001. There wasn't like a website that I could go on and be like, Ooh, you know what? Let let me check to see what this price is because no one knew it was like, Oh, you know, hmm." and you could get amazing deals. There were times that I was at those auctions and legitimately games would be selling for 50 bucks, totally working. Um, not pinball. Pinball was usually always the floor of about 200 for totally working. But man, if I, if I knew now what I knew back then, I would have bought a whole bunch of the value uh, games from the mid nineties and just throw them into storage. Because back then, um, like legitimately twilight zones were selling for easily 1500 or less all day at those auctions because we didn't have repair parts back then. And Mm so once they broke, they were big door stops basically. And so no one had any idea. I could have bought, I was offered an Adams family at one point for 1200 from a friend. And I was like, nah. Um, and you know, <laughs> that's like what now, I paid for my Xenon. That would be a nice game to have. <laughs> so, so doesn't area 51 have the same cabinet as maximum? Um, it has the same cabinet, but it's different artwork. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the board set in the maximum force that I have can, can do both games. Well, that's area cool. 51 is the more popular one. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but it's all right. When I was first <laughs> starting to date my wife, yeah. um, I was in high school and I was in a, um, I went on a trip with my parents to Disney world. Mm-hmm. And so I had to walk to a payphone, which for those of you that don't know, if you're younger and listening <laughs> to this was a thing that you had to put a quarter into to make a phone call at a physical location that was still attached to the wall. And so the location for this payphone was just past the arcade at Disney World um, from our room. So I would walk through the arcade, get totally nervous about to call this person who I thought was really cool. And so I would stop at maximum force and shoot a bunch of terrorists <laughs> and then call my wife. Well, now my wife, call my girlfriend at the time, yeah, yeah. talk with her. And then so that my mind didn't go like crazy afterwards, um, like thinking like, oh, you sounded so stupid. I'd go back and shoot a bunch of terrorists and then I'd go back to the room. And so <laughs> whenever I saw that game, I was always like, oh, that's the game that I remember playing when I first was falling in love, <laughs> which is a really weird thing to think about with a game where you're shooting a bunch of terrorists. But um, so I always liked the maximum force <sighs> art that's more. Hilarious. Because of that, my wife, by the way, absolutely hates that story and thinks that I'm a total nerd. <laughs> so, but well, if you see my basement, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear I'm a total nerd. So yeah, I'm well, right there's a lot of us are in the same boat as you. So, yeah, let's move on to the uh, news segment. What do you think about that? Hmm? All right, sure. It's the arcade news with Adam Stevens. So there's a couple of <clears throat> news items here. Replicate launches a new Kickstarter for its mini Tempest arcade game, and it's setting records. So last year, uh, apparently, a company called Replicate, uh, which is currently developing miniature arcade games based on the real deal, but have much smaller size, um, 
has an opened a Kickstarter campaign to remake the Atari classic uh, Tempest. So uh, I I don't understand why you need a Kickstarter to do it, but I and I can't imagine that this is a huge market, but apparently it's working. So people are buying these little replicate amusements, and, and it'll look just like the real deal. So yeah, vector a vector monitor. No, it's gonna emulate. Yeah. You can see it would be really cool if it was vector. I mean, how would that would be expensive though? To like native, <laughs> it would be really expensive. Can you imagine the little high voltage cage? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so and then <laughs> another uh news article that is really odd to me. Um, and this one comes from a, a local news channel. Um, <clears throat> actually, it's a USA Today article, KOYR. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. KOYR Radio. Games Conference pulls award for Atari founder after outcry. What? So, uh, yeah. So in a so a prominent video game industry conference is pulling an award for Atari founder Nolan Bushnell after online protesters pointed to the public examples of sexist behavior. So Oh my god. In a statement Wednesday on Twitter, the Games Developers Choice Awards Advisory Committee the Game Developer Choice Awards Advisory Committee, which works with the annual Games Developers Conference, said it no longer would give out its Pioneer Award for individuals who developed a breakthrough technology game concept or gameplay design to Bushnell. So they decided to pull it. They believe their picks should reflect the values of today's game industry and will dedicate this year's award to honor the pioneering and unheard voices of the past uh, in a statement on Twitter, so. So what did what did Bushnell do? Called somebody a hot chick or something? Like what's? Uh, I don't. What's I, going it's on? very vague. Hey, so so I know uh, Marty Goldberg, who works with our show, is like oh, oh, perhaps oh, oh, oh. one of the most foremost Atari historians. Yeah. So when when Bushnell ran Atari, um, it was a brothel. Have you seen the Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay. When you have, and just being honest here, when you have young people that suddenly fall into a whole bunch of money, they do a whole bunch of stupid stuff. So like Bushnell was known for, for instance, sometimes on people's first day of work, he would wear a shirt that said, I like to, uh, a certain explicitive that starts with the letter F on it. Mm -hmm. Um, They used to have hot tub meetings where they would all sit in the hot tub and talk about their next projects coming up. And during that time, they would try to like convince the women secretary to come join them in the hot tubs and stuff like that. Um, and sometimes I guess that that happened. The, that's, that's so, the thing like, they're citing in the article too, is they say um, there's a 2012 profile on Bushnell and Playboy magazine that actually cites that story. And he describes how he would hold meetings in the hot tub in his home, in his home, and then tried to get mm-hmm. women staffers to uh, send uh, or deliver documents to the meetings to, and then have them join them in the hot tub. Right. Which, mm-hmm. like, so there's there's two sides of this, which one side of it is that I completely support the the rights of anybody that would be in a situation to feel awkward and mm-hmm. weird about it and not participate. Right. But the other side of it is that I'm... I'm at least personally someone who believes that if you are of an adult age that's consenting, I don't really care what you do as long as it's within legal bounds. And that's where this becomes difficult is that right. none of, as far as I know, and I reserve the right to instantly change my mind on this <laughs> if I'm ever told otherwise, but as far as I know, none of the people 
that were involved with this were forcing other people to do anything. They right. were trying to get them to do it. They had a ton of money. Yeah. And so people were willing to do it because that happened. I mean, heck, I've worked at jobs where I know crazy stuff has gone on where it's not about a ton of money. It's just because they were young and stupid. Right. And like, so to, to say that like, Oh God, this is this terrible behavior. Well, it's, it's a lot different than a lot of the stuff that we're hearing in Hollywood where it was like, Oh, Hey, if you want a job, you need to do X, Y, and right. Z for me. I agree. This was more of a like, Hey, you've already got the job. Hey, wouldn't it be funny if you came and sat in the hot tub with us while we're all here for this meeting? Ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. And blue jeans in here. Cause I'm like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean like, so I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's tough. I, Bush. Now I will tell you from what I know about him. I don't know him, but what I know about him is that he's not the greatest guy and he's weird and he's very egotistical. And again, it seems a lot like the Wolf of Wall Street to me where that guy was egotistical and full of himself and did a lot of blow and had a lot of girls. And the fact, though, is, is that in the Wolf of Wall Street, he was doing that to rip other people off. And Nolan Bushnell was doing that to make people happy through games. Yeah. And it's hard for me to judge someone who is doing that when as far as publicly is known, everybody was consenting. I think everybody that is in the position that say, I don't know, Nolan Bushnell or Steve Jobs or other people like that, I think at some level there, there is some level of narcissism. There's some level where you, Mm -hmm. where you feel like you have made it and therefore people should, I don't know if you even consciously know that you're, you're commanding, uh, you want the respect of other people at the same time, at the same time, you know, he's exercising his power. Uh, so some of that I, I get, um, maybe the hot tub parties weren't a great idea, but again, it was, it was closed doors and they invited that person. They probably full well knew it. And it's not the same as the me too thing. Um, but in this climate, I can see why, mm-hmm. why they're, you know, trying to, why they're revoke, you know, revoking the award, but I, I also feel like that's kind of BS because just because this happened in a different time doesn't mean that, you know, <clears throat> that it was wrong or right and they weren't there. And these people would have stood up and said, no, don't give it to this guy because he did this to me and he didn't. It's not what the article is about. It's just they don't like the way, you know, he allegedly treated women. And so they're pulling the award, you know. Right. And I mean, part of this too that's very difficult is that, I, like I had said, I worked in themed entertainment. And at one point I was at a point for that. And the, the place that I was at, I was actually in our human resources department at the time. And I was at a place where they were practicing for a show. And one of the uh, people that was in the show came out and she was singing something and someone stopped her to tell her that she needed to adjust her breasts because they didn't look right. And she was like, oh, okay. And the person who was directing this said, like, I know this is going to seem weird, but this is totally normal. Like, they want to hear that sort of thing because that's their tools. And, you know, they want to get picked up by even bigger companies when they're seen here. And so, like, that's not harassment in any way. And that's what they they want to know that so they can improve. And it was just like, it was this awkward thing of, like, sitting there like, oh, this feels weird. But, it, I mean... And they were right. It's totally context and, too. I mean, it's, it's, it yeah. is the context because in this article you have them saying that in a playboy article, 
he he told this story and in a playboy article he is quoted as saying blah 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 and he it was a playboy article in the in the 70s or 80s i mean what do you expect <laughs> yeah yeah well and i mean like i said it's it's fascinating because i think that it's extremely important to be having this conversation right now because it's something too. that has been overlooked for far too long exactly in society but there's this there's this tough point that we're having to get to of figuring out like, well, w- what about the context? Because I mean, like if you decide that you're going to go to your job tomorrow and you're going to have a hot tub meeting and try to convince people, like, I can't imagine doing this in my life, <laughs> no. but you're going to try to get convinced like other coworkers to hop in the tub with you. Mm-hmm. But if everybody's on board and nobody's offended with it, right? It, it's not really a thing. And I work in sales. It's only a thing if other people are uncomfortable, but if all the people that are actually involved aren't uncomfortable with it. Right. I mean, that's, that's where this whole conversation is going to yeah. uh, break down ultimately into something that we'll, we'll finally figure it out is that how do you figure out where that line is for everybody? What right. is that point that people feel comfortable with or should have to say something before they don't? And mm-hmm. it's good that we'll get there. It's going to be an awkward next, I think, perhaps even 10 to 20 years while we kind of worked through that as a conversation. Yeah, I'd say about a decade, probably. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to something a little lighter. Huh? <laughs> lighter. <laughs> so, um, uh, Vancouver, Canada, apparently um, there's a, a, a developer that has just released a, a, a new VR um <clears throat> Uh, on the PlayStation VR, a new uh, VR arcade called Peerhead Arcade. And it's a casual arcade VR experiences that uses physics-based gameplay to bring the nostalgic arcades of the past to vivid life. <laughs> and I think I think they've done this in a couple of different formats, but this one is supposed to have a huge virtual arcade um, that players that feels very real, such as familiar. I'm not sure how I like this, but it has shuffleboard and wackadino and and a bunch of generic type games um but you can collect tickets you can go to a prize booth um and collect prizes which is weird um and i think some some other you know generic you know virtual reality type uh virtual arcades have already been out on like the ipad even and um, i totally went to one earlier this week it was called Chuck E. cheese nolan bushnell actually started it and it was my <laughs> son's eighth birthday we played games and took tickets to the front and got prizes you know it's funny because that's an it seems <laughs> it seems weird to me that you would go into a virtual arcade unless you were some kind of reckless the whole point of an arcade people is so you can socialize <laughs> and this is sort of the, the opposite of it <laughs> The thing that I think is difficult in virtual reality is simply figuring out exactly how to use it best because, and like we, at the Midwest Gaming Classic, we've had the same issue with in the past, we've tried doing handhelds and nobody cares because you can't talk to the other people. If you're playing a handheld, you're in your own world. No one can see what you're doing and it is what it is. Now, like if I'm going to play a game, it's likely that I picked up the handheld game to yeah. play because it's just the easiest, it's the most portable when I'm at home. But in a setting like that, it's very difficult. Virtual reality, just because of what it is, needs space. It's kind of something that you want to watch, but then you can't interact with the person who's doing it. And so I think that 
we're again, we're in this weird like kind of limbo period where we're trying to figure out like, well, what makes sense to put into the virtual reality? I think that something like this is cool. I mean, heck, I would, I could have a lot more, I, I could fit more of my arcade games in my basement if I had them all virtually. But I also think that it's one of those things that it's like the, the market is probably pretty limited for its appeal. <laughs> all right. So <clears throat> I think um, we're ready to move over to back to the cave. Back in 82. I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Back, back to the, to the cave, cave with, with Time Runner. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Yes, yes, Doc, there is something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull. Again. All right, I got to ask no. you guys one. Sorry, I got to ask you guys one news article that I'm I'm surprised that you guys didn't uh Reference. What did, have, have you guys seen about the Twin Galaxies controversy right now? Oh, yeah, oh, we, we talked talk a little about bit about that uh, before you came on. Um, and uh, okay, I, that's, yeah, I'm sorry for being late. No, no, that's cool. Um, <laughs> we actually have um, uh, Kat Spira lined up for next week, and I think we might talk to her about mm. that. No, so, that makes total sense. So, so yeah, I was just curious because it's, it's, it's very interesting and in how it's all kind of coming down, and yet it's also such a small piece of so much that it's fascinating that it's it's always fascinating to me when something from twin galaxies gets as much public play as something like that is yeah yeah just because like the normal time of twin galaxies is like maybe 100 people that are actively really caring and then suddenly they have a news thing like this that hits or oh my god there's a new person with a pac-man record and suddenly it goes national which is always just <laughs> that's always fascinating to me so yeah i think it, it It'll be an interesting conversation. And we talked a little bit about, you know, it's like, it's almost tiring to hear this story, you know, but at the same point, either somebody remembered something wrong or there was a glitch in the hardware that he was using or who knows, but we'll, we're not, at, we'll never get to the bottom of it. And I like Todd. I think he's a good guy. I don't think he's intentionally trying to, you know, dupe anybody, but it certainly was a bold move last week. And in case you didn't know, he was, um, you know, Twin Galaxies uh, shut down, removed all of his scores, and banned him. So, good, mm -hmm. to, good times, good times. Good times. Back to well, you. We'll get into that up. next week. That was a good tease. It's a good tease. Back <laughs> well, to I'm, you, back to you, Mark Shields in the so time machine. The back to the K date is February first, nineteen eighty four. That is thirty four years ago. Jeez. From today's date, and the U.S. national video game team organized by hey. Twin Galaxies. Yes. <laughs> I guess including Todd attended the February uh, AMOA Expo in New Orleans. And then that, that actually began a long tradition of reviewing new games for the video game industry and, and also exchanging beads for boobies. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, they're the ones that started that. Got it. Nice. Yes, it was their and idea. That's what, and that's why we can no longer <laughs> recognize them. Oh, yes. It was a terrible thing, and it's completely wrong. I, I mean, I don't know if it was consensual, but, you know, they should have never started going into the street and going, hey, I have some beads, and then... All right, that got weird terrible. real quick. <laughs> I like boobies. Moving on! <laughs> what else happened today? I mean, I February? like boobies. Boobies are great. Uh, yeah, they're... Yeah, they're... It's just, you know, it's... It's for kids, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Not, not for kids. Not for kids. <laughs> Sorry. Technically. Technically, uh, yes. Technically, they are for kids. <laughs> what was what was going on at the box office 
Yeah, Whoa. what was going on in the box yeah. office? <laughs> yeah, this ought to be good. as exciting as this top. The Debbie does top Dallas. <laughs> well, the tearjerker film Terms of Endearment broke into the box office number one spot. <laughs> oh, yes. You, have you seen it? That that movie made driving your car along the beach a, a thing. Mm. Uh, it's, I think Deborah Winger's first time dying on the screen. The ter- and, terms oh, you know of, of endearment. She was, yeah, but you know what? She's the voice of E.T., so technically she died as E.T. She, did you know she was the voice of E.T.? No, I did not what? know that. Ouch, 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 ouch. I mean, it e. sounds e. like a dude home. to me, but it's Deborah Winger, apparently. E.T., phone home, phone home. Um, other cool thing about de- uh, Terms of Endearment, filmed in Houston, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I never saw any of it as far as being filmed, but, you know, kind of cool, kind of a nice thing. <laughs> yeah, Major League was filmed in Milwaukee. That's about all that I know from here. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, what was you know as far as the television on February first, nineteen eighty four? Forget about everything else. The best thing that was on that night was the Fall Guy on ABC. <laughs> oh, I think I played this. Do you like before. the Fall Guy? Oh, yeah. Well, I've been seen with Farah. Right, right. Almost yeah. as good as the Six Million Dollar Man. Six Million Dollar <laughs> Man. Did I say that right? Yeah. I think this so. wine is very strong. It's affecting my <laughs> tongue. <laughs> The six thousand billion dollar man. Yeah, that, I mean the very first, the second line of the lyrics is he's been seen with Farah, and I'm like, dude, you are married to Farah. That's right, Farah Fawcett Majors. I don't, I don't understand the third line. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine. What the hell does that mean? Oh, he must have been talking about like a ten, like from the movie Ten, right? Blake Edwards Ten. Probably. Have you seen Ten? Did you see the movie? Uh, with Dudley Moore. Yes. No. Then Bo Derek? Yeah, you, you haven't seen it. No, I haven't. But I know who's in it. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's boobies in that movie. What? Oh my god. That was the first movie. Oh man, everything is about wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's a big it's a, this is the booby show, I think. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> wow, that I picked the right one to join apparently. That's awkward. <laughs> Hi, I'm here to promote our family show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're, you know, we're wearing pink ribbons today, so it's okay. The audience mostly for this show is, 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 uh, is people that are, are our age. So we, you know, it's a family show, but we also like to go to it. So I'm bringing my family. I'm bringing my whole family. We we like to have you come to it too. (laughs) So what do you got? What else you got going for? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's it i think i i, I just oh skimmed past everything else i have a new don't look in the though. chat don't look in the chat <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> what are they uh, oh they revoked our award. <laughs> arcade radios award that's a shame revoked <laughs> oh my gosh good i didn't want it okay here we go for any more podcast shows i'm sorry podcast oh, I mean, awards yes. yeah I think the yeah, awards, no, but shows, yes. The one show that Casey's wife decides she wants to compete on, and I we're, we're <laughs> I don't okay. Know let's get to Dolly's segment. We're we're ready. Okay. Play the play the new bumper. Okay, here we go. Hello and oh, God. welcome to what's in the. What's that? Here we go. Hello and welcome <laughs> to what's in the juke, the awesome auditory appendage to back to the cade. 
In this game, it's your turn to play along in the chat as your host, Mark Shields, plays samples from the top 10 songs featured in today's segment. So open your ears, turn on the flashlight in your brain, and get ready to reach into your long-lost <coughs> lyrical libraries to guess what's in the juke. Wow. That's a long intro. (laughs) I think you could just yell, What's in the juke? What's in the juke? What's in the juke? What's in the juke? I'm going to do that next time. (laughs) (laughs) We we picked 10 songs. We did not. These songs do not have to do with the date uh, that we've done in Back to the Cade. And we're going to go to the chat (laughs) and ask people if they can guess what's in the juke. Alrighty, so uh, Mark, you get ready to play that first clip? Yeah, even though you're the one with the play button, uh, yeah, I'm ready. You get, you can just tell me. Go yeah. ahead and roll that uh, clip. Roll number ten. All right, here we go. We had a- there you go. That's it. <laughs> that's, a, that's the worst clip ever. <laughs> so, was that it? Really? I mean, it sounded like um, like the start of a movie, but it's a song. <laughs> It is a song, and and we're just gonna give the chatters just a little bit of time to catch up. But um, we could play that clip again. That was only a yeah, second. Play that, play that one more time. Maybe a little bit more. All right, here we go. Oh, that was a little bit better. I feel sad wow. about this because I could sing the rest of that song. I have no idea what it is called. Yeah, but I could sing the rest of it. <laughs> I don't know that I should have just admitted that. I probably just turned a few people away from coming to our convention, Wait, but it, you know, that's right. It's it's a tough one. I mean, this is probably uh, the know, but, most difficult one. It was probably on its way out in in uh, in this week in, in '84. Yeah, out of out of the ten songs we have, this is the this is the the one hit wonder kind of thing. Well, although the guy, I think he had two hit two hits at least. Yeah, I'll give one more clue here. That's a, that was a pretty big clip. My parents listened to that song all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> I'll give you two more hints. Oh, here we go. <gasps> Do- oh my God. Dolly's got Dolly? it. Dolly? People Bryson is the right artist. If you're, uh, yeah, <laughs> if, if ever you're in my arms again, boom. That's it. Oh my gosh. They have. We that... got to get them live. Yeah. We, you know, <laughs> I mean, this, not the song, but. We should do a call-in segment and then this have game. people listen to the the clips and then and they could go against our guest. It'd be fun. All right. Oh, let's move on to the next number nine. All right. <laughs> you think that was? A, was was that, that a clip? It just <laughs> sounded like the CD broker skip or something. <laughs> you watch. I mean, that's... we played. Okay, I'll do that again. Pretty obvious. Yep, Shebop. Oh. oh my god. Oh my god. Yep, Shebop. Cindy Lauper, that's right. And and who got that? Was that Casey or Dolly? That was that was Kelsey. Wow. <laughs> no more plays. He wants one time all British also did, but... Ryan got there a little bit afterward. He roller skated to that song. <laughs> nice. Okay, here comes the next one. <laughs> I love that one. That's such a good one. <laughs> no more plays. I get one clip and no more plays. 
That's it. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Ah, Dave from Buffalo. Wins. Dave Buffalo got sunglasses at night. Well, yeah, he did. Yes. Corey Hart was the the full answer was Ryan this time though. Play, got... play a little bit of that if you could. Okay. Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> I just the stereo, you know, it's that stereo effect. Casey's uh <laughs> Casey's uh Oh, he Casey's to... talking too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, here comes the next clip. That's going to be a harder one, I think. <laughs> that's, that's tough. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is, but I'm looking at the song. <laughs> state of shock. That's Unbelievable. Cheating. Unbelievable. Casey Relford, state of shock. Jackson's. Nice. It's, uh, and Mick Jagger. He got it 100%. Yeah, there's... He definitely knows these. This is interesting. This one has a very similar beat to this one. It's just like the reverse of it. Hmm. There's their next clue. See if they got it. Oh, oh, that was our next clue? Yeah. I thought you weren't <laughs> supposed to replay them. You were supposed yeah. to sneakily put that in there and then see what they got. That's true. <laughs> well, Casey was like, no, he's, he doesn't want us to replay it, but I think it helps if we play the. Ooh, no, we got it. That is an incorrect answer. We have Dan Hartley. That's not correct. Close. And it's close. If, <laughs> if somebody gets. Yeah. He What's gets, his. Not really his name, but. And it's not the title either. He even knows that he might have gotten. <laughs> yeah. The guess is Dan Hartley, if I can dream about you. He got now. He got the name right. He just has to get the 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 name of the song. He has to get the name of the artist. <laughs> Dave says he's got to drill out a lock. <laughs> How the hell? I mean, he must. It's like it's instantaneous too. Bam! He's got it. Yeah. So that that is. You got two more seconds. We're gonna play the next one. That is Dan Hartman, not Hartley, but that was close. It's really close. All right. Here we go. Hey, hey, Adam, what's in the juke? What's in the juke? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Next on KRY Studios. Uh, you know what? Ryan thought the last one was Sheena Easton. That's pretty funny because it, it could have been. It was close. It was, it, yeah, they were very similar. That That little drum beat in the beginning. Oh, and Dolly thought it was Strut also. Got Casey, got it again. Missing you, John Waite. Missing you. Ryan got it right after him. These guys can't type fast enough. They're like, oh, what do I got? <laughs> okay, here we go. One more time. What's in the juke? What's in the juke? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was even talking. You know, there's a beautiful moon outside tonight. Yes, it's the the day two blood moon. Super moon. Yeah. When of doves course. cry, Casey. Or should we? It, this is a little shameful. Oh, by Ingebert Offerdink. <laughs> you know, Super Bowl is going on this week. A lot of Prince 
events going on. Yep. Ryan gets it. Prince when doves cry. He, he said the yeah, correct artist. He said the full title and title an artist. Yes. Have that. I think Ryan's got two points now. Casey only has oh. like twelve. So the next clip. Ooh, that's hard. That's what she said. This is gonna be a hard one. Maybe I should play it again. No. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, Ryan could be. There could be a lag between listeners. That might not be exact, right? We'd have to do a call in where they call in. That should do it, right? Wow. Yeah, that's enough. That's all you need. <laughs> it's all you need. That's a ball of sound wow. for you. <laughs> Were you a DJ in the nineties? Because <laughs> that sure sounded like it. But all right, with this song, that's all you need. <laughs> with this song, that's all you need. That's right. Yep. And maybe some moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> what year are we? He's saying. I think uh, we did say eighty-four, didn't we? That's all we're given, though. No, we didn't tell them anything. Oh, sorry. It's okay. But you did mention TV in '84, so I did. You know, I mean, if you can infer that maybe '84 was involved, but it's definitely not February first. This stuff happened way later. Whoa, that's an easy hint. Just kidding. I have no idea. I think no, that, that, it kind of sounds like operator. <laughs> can you help me? With but it's this not. Song? It's not okay. I'll give a, a no, little it, bit better, right. a little bit better uh, uh, clip here. What instrument's that? I think that's a uh, keyboard. Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. See if anybody else gets it. That's a tough one. <laughs> Sir, tuck on you. Stuck on you. Something by Air Supply. <laughs> Lionel Richie. <laughs> nice. Casey got it again. All right. Big. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is going to be way too easy. Next one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I almost played the wrong clip. Here we go. That's it. Ooh. I love that. That's like the best noise in a song. <laughs> Whatever that little flute thing is. Yep. <laughs> Dolly got that last one. So Dolly's got two. We got Tina Turner. The artist is correct. And, but what song from Tina Turner? Private Dancer. No. Oh no! G- so close. Georgia Gamer was really close. What's love got to do with the Tina Turner? Ryan got it. Nice. All right, Ryan. Way to pull one out there at the end. This is this is a tight match. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, the last clip. You're gonna. Yeah, the last clip. I just don't even know what to do here. Yeah. If you don't know this one, if you don't know this one, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's really all you need. Georgia Gamer was so close. He had the uh, uh, Private Dancer might not even be the right album. That might have been a, the album afterward. Oh my! Ghostbusters, God. Ghostbusters. I can't believe they got it. Yeah. Play that with Wait, the what? That was Ghostbusters? Yeah, let yeah. it go. Here you go. Here, here's the beginning of Ghostbusters. You, if you had the album, you know this This, this little... Here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 
I feel like I need to give back my nerd card right now. I'm like the world's largest Ghostbusters nerd, and I I knew none of those, not even the last one. So yeah, that that so- that sound is like I'm very impressed by our listeners. There, they are very good at this game. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a skill that I don't have. Like literally, all of those you you could have told me anybody and said yeah, and I would have been like sure. Yeah. Ryan just said that's Huey Lewis in the news want a new drug. <laughs> and he, he's actually correct. Right? I wanted actually to play that first. Yeah. Thinking somebody would think that. There, I mean, Huey Lewis, that's, for, because that's the, the songs are basically similar. And well, actually, one came out before the other. Actually, uh, Ray Parker Jr. lifted the bass line from their song and they settled out of court. So. Huey Lewis actually won that lawsuit. It's literally the baseline from I Want a New Drug. I Want a so New that, Drug! So that's the, <laughs> not the melody, the baseline. Dun, 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 dun. So then if you do I Want a New Drug, there we go. <laughs> even started with a, a riff on the guitar yeah that little and that's that, some bullshit yeah <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> so they I mean it wasn't just that they played it it was that they lifted the actual track so yeah but it is the bass line from that song they used it as the back bass for ghostbusters so, right right and, and then they got sued and they're like okay we'll pay you money because we made a ton of money on the single <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry we took your stuff. Didn't tell anybody. Not like that didn't happen for ten years to come. Right. So that was, that, the, no, that was back to the that was back to the cade and uh No, no, that's uh, back to the cade and what's, what's in, in the, the juke? juke? We're over there. Is there any any voicemails? Uh yeah, let me just check. Oh no, just a voicemail. Uh there is one voicemail. You would never guess who it is, though. Your mom? No. <laughs> uh, nope, she didn't call. Not today, anyway. I think it's Bob. Pretty sure it's Bob. That guy calls here a lot. I don't know what to do about it. Should we Should we play the voicemail? Yeah! Yeah! What do you mean, yeah? yeah. Where, what are you doing? You going to the bathroom over there? What? <laughs> no, I was, I was just, you know, Getting some... experiencing the room. Huh. Well, uh, let me just relaunch the soundboard because it just died. And I can't play the voicemail without it. Is Dan still here? Yeah. Oh, good. Dan's still here. He's just waiting for the... Okay, gotcha. I just... I, I, I don't have anything to say about the voicemail, and I'm still stunned about this music thing that I know <laughs> nothing about. So, you know, I'll just sit here and think, holy crap, that was actually the start of Ghostbusters. I had no idea. So Here we go. I feel kind of salty.
that any of you really, really want, and you would spend money like, you know, a thousand Federation credits. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 this, this is Earth, right? Yeah, sorry. So I'm just getting used to your, uh, your current money. I'm at the dollars, your, your dollars, yeah. You can spend, you know, whatever, what's that, what's that game that you get? I'm, I'm going to be at the top of your list, but, you know, you need to spend some money. It can't be a hundred bucks. All right, you guys discuss this. Always a treat. Question. Always a treat. So let me get this straight. We have a thousand bucks to spend, or more than that. I think he's asking what game. What game do you want? And money is no object. Money isn't an object. At least Earth money is no object. Right. According to him, as long as Federation, it's Federation credits. credits. What is Federation credits? If you're talking about Star Trek, they didn't even have money. <laughs> Sounds like a Rick and Morty type of reference. Oh, actually. I see. Yes. Yes. Quite right. Aren't those guys supposed to be like Doc and Marty? It's Rick and Morty. Same thing. God. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Brick and mortar. Brick and worms. Right. So, Adam, how would you answer that question? Oh boy! Any game? Well, it has to be the one that, the one that you, if you had the chance, what is it? And money is no object. And I and I don't already have it. Yeah, you you can't already have it. Correct. Mm-hmm. This is this is difficult. You put me on the spot. I have to, I, I'm the first person that has to answer this question. Yes. Yes, I'm listening. Um, let's yeah, see. Here. That's the first time you've heard this question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny though, because I, I have a couple of the games that I really, really want. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. It, money is no object. Just off the top of my head, and I probably could change my mind at any given moment. But, um, I think I would really. I'm gonna have to go and work to arcade video game, right? Not, not, or it doesn't matter. Pinball, or arcade. Hmm. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't specify. Can we do one of each, like one pinball, one arcade, one video arcade? For you, yes. All right. Well, I, I really want an Adams Family. I love an Adams Family. Okay. Uh, they're just harder to come by these days. And I used to play one in the um, commons at my college. So I do have a nostalgia for that game. And I, I think I've just kind of put it out of my head because it's kind of expensive and it's not unattainable. It's just I don't want to spend that kind of money on the game. So I'd love that. And then I also, um, I think I'd have to like a fully working Star Wars cockpit with an amp in it. Wow. That's, those are my two answers. That's heavy. What about what about you, Dan? Oh, you're just trying to give yourself some more time, hey? <laughs> it's a I tough to question. It. It's a tough question. I'm on to you. I'm on to you. <laughs> I, I actually can answer um, the... Cause, so a long time ago, when I first started collecting arcade games, I made a list of all the games that I was interested in. And... Uh, like the games that I wanted and stuff like that. And the only one that is still sitting out on my list is I really want a pair of rush 2049s. So they're not crazy expensive, but man, I loved that game in the arcade so much. A local guy here, Chris Rhodes has a pair of those. He bought four of them with a guy here and they have them split up, but they could, they might go for sale. If you are interested, I could talk to him. Um, let me put it this way. I don't know where I'd put them because I'm already 40 games over my basement limit right now. Sure. So, um, <laughs> if I can figure that out, I, I'm very interested, but like super GT is kind of an issue because 
the head to head racing is almost never done on it because it's so difficult that you become good and then you can just womp everybody and then it's not really fun. Yeah. But it's a dual cabinet. So I kind of feel like I have to keep that down here and I absolutely adore that game. Yeah. And so well, he's Rush got the means another two places and yeah. I don't know if I can get rid of more pinball machines. And I, I actually am at the point in my life with pinball that I have all of the top pinball machines that I really want. You know, so the, uh, the only game that I would be buying would be one that I would then flip and sell. And I don't think that was the point. So. There's a funny thing. Now that I said Adam's family, you know, there, there are a lot of solid state games that I'd really like, like firepower. And, um, or, uh, I'm sorry. Was that correct? Firepower? Was that right? Um, that was a great game. Yeah, uh, and then I, I, I'd also like an Orbiter one, because it's weird. Yeah, I have one of those. It's, um, not something that you want to play for very long, but every once in a while, it's really cool. Yeah, it's just weird. It's, it has that sort of magnetic play field, and things go in weird spots, and the ball is unpredictable, and it's just kind of weird. It's a bowl. Yeah, it's just it's weird. It's like a bowl, and then yeah, it's, it's so it's not magnetic. It's a ball with a spinning bumper in the middle. And space shuttle. Yeah. Have you played the one at the show? Yeah, yeah, I did. By chance? Yeah. That's that's mine. That's actually technically again the shows and that was bought as a well, we can run a tournament on it. So it goes cool. to the show and sometimes it's in my basement and sometimes it's at storage after the show because like I said, there's just like too, too many. Right now I don't miss it, but hmm. if it was down here I'd play it pretty frequently. So And I, I love uh space shuttle also. But mm. Mm. Great game. And there was one of those at Tom Taylor's too. That's not yours by chance, is it? <laughs> I have a space shuttle, but mine is in restoration and it's actually currently at storage. I got it halfway through restoration when we moved and then I haven't had a chance to touch it. Oh, okay. So. Cool. Mark, did you think of it? Oh, I know what mine is. You want to hear? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it came out in October 1979. Hmm. Vector Beams Warrior. Vector Beams Warrior. Oh, oh, oh! That's that one where you have little swords and they spin around. Yeah, 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 and and there's like holes in the in the area, and you could fall into it and die. You know who got one of those last week? What? Brian? No. No. Yeah. Brian always gets stuff. I know he got one. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I've wanted one since the first time I went to Screamers, and I love it. It's a, it's a great game. I mean, in second place, probably might be an uh, you know a Tron's uh, environmental disc of Tron. Oh but yeah, that's a good game too. Yeah, it, it is good, but you know, this Warrior game is is so unique. I mean, how many games yeah. are you, a you know, a knight really? I mean, I guess in Jouster and I. Maybe, you know what? It's interesting about Star Wars too. Star Wars cockpit. I don't know if you played yeah. it in recent years, but if you sit in that thing as an adult, it's not very comfortable. No, oh, it's yeah, yeah. The <laughs> pole position cockpit's way more comfortable, and it's strange how Atari made both. Yeah, but but the Star Wars cockpit is cramped and it kind of hurts. And I, I remember, like as a kid, thinking that was so cool. You know, because um, you were like itty bitty. Yeah. But I fit in that, and I think maybe they shrunk that. Well, I don't know. Lucas <laughs> was in it, and maybe I just got bigger. That's the problem. But the it's just not that great of a. It, it's not comfortable, really. So maybe if I had a custom one, you know, with a nice cushy seat, a double size, a double yeah. X. But that was so cool. I mean, any any environmental game where you got inside of it, missile command, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot about Omega Race, the cockpit. Oh, oh. I changed mine. I changed mine from Star Wars to that one. What? No. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Because it's way cooler. Okay. Okay. Now that you're talking about environmental stuff, that was really cool. I don't know that I would put this ahead of uh, Rush for me because I don't know that I would want it in my basement very long, but I really want to just sit with a time traveler from Sega, the 3D thing, for like ages and play it and just play it through 20 times. Because, man, did you guys ever get a chance to play that one in the arcades? I I played it once. That's the one. It's got that big. There was one at the show. It was broken. Yes, it was broke. It worked. It got to the show. It stopped working. The guy took it home with him, turned it back on. It worked. So, yeah. Weird. It was like the one thing that I was playing on playing. We there was an arcade around here that got one. And I remember going for a friend's birthday party and we were just like, Oh my God. And we all put in, it was, it was 50 cents. It was the only thing that was two tokens. We all put in our two tokens and we couldn't figure out what the hell to do at all. And like, just we're still blown away. And all of us felt like it was the greatest game, even though literally no one got past the first screen. It's like a dragon's layer type thing with 3d people without backgrounds, basically. And, um, I would love to play through it and try to figure out what the hell they were thinking. Yeah. Well, that that game is, I mean, it was revolutionary. I mean, and it was like one of a kind. No one ever made anything like it again. Yeah. There was a second board swap that I think that they made, and they made like a fighting game for it. Yeah. But uh, that was it, and then it was done. It's kind of, you know, the way of the laser. Just, uh, <laughs> it's the same company. Turns out they're not so great for our kids. No. Apparently not. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I think we're ready to move on to the uh, sort of formal interview here. Oh, God. Okay. Which is funny. I'll, I'll have to see what I can not unveil like Bushnell then, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Well, we have a new intro for you, so here you go. Lots of fanfare for Dan Lucen. Welcome to the show again. Wow. That was the most fanfare I've ever had for myself in my entire life. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome. And I think you're here to talk a little bit about a little thing called Midwest Gaming Classic. Yes, on the DeLorean podcast, right? Yes, this is the welcome. DeLorean podcast. <laughs> welcome to the DeLorean <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, my goal then is going to be to have a DeLorean on the floor. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> That so, uh, yeah. Gonna have to get one up from Austin, Texas. Yeah. Oh, you you guys think that I'm kidding that I haven't already spoke with people. Oh, no. Yeah, that's I know cool. a guy. In, I know a guy in your area, actually. Uh, I, I, I may or may not know a guy that uh, has something that I'm not going to reveal right now because it's currently not something that's a go. So, uh, yeah. Best there's, not, then. There's yes. so much in the works this year. It's crazy what you can do when you've got 65,000 square feet that you found. Woo. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, you have a new location. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So we're moving downtown to a place called the Wisconsin Center, which is the largest convention center in the state of Wisconsin. So and it's in located in Milwaukee. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you for that. In, in our big old state of Milwaukee. Good God. Let me try that again. In our big <laughs> old state of Wisconsin. 
um, <laughs> that's full of cows, cheese, and the city of Milwaukee and Madison. We have a few convention centers, not really that many, but one of them is very big, and it's this one that's located downtown. So the entire convention center has approximately, I think it's about just under half a million square feet, and we are using about 135,000 square feet of it this year. Whew, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and to, so like to put that into perspective, by the way, if anybody's been to our show before, um, first of all, people would always be like, oh man, this show's great, but you guys have to realize that you are running out of space. You should really think about that. To which I always would say, we attached a giant tent to the back of the building and they would always be like, yeah, but that can't be that hard. And I was always like, yeah, that tent cost $40,000. Ha ha ha. <laughs> so we, we knew that we needed more space, but in the past we just, there was issues always with moving to this location. And we talked with them every single year about moving downtown. And every single year we got to something that was the thing that was the showstopper. So like one of the more recent times we said to them, okay, you know, we're, we're all good to go. We just need to figure out what we can do for electrical. And they were like, all right, it'll be $200 per or $250 per electrical outlet they use. Are you um, kidding me? Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, can we use like power strips and stuff? Can we plug in our power grids? And they were like, no, you, you'll, you'll have to do it $200, $250 per outlet. And you can't plug more than one into any outlet. That's I was like, dumb. we're an electronic gaming show that's a quarter of a million dollars. The show's never come close to grossing a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> right. Man, we have to pay for other stuff. So no, can we work <laughs> on that? And the answer in the past was always no. This year, um, they, uh, to tell you how serious we were about it. Uh, I run the show with my partner, Gary, and we, um, we've the been running store. the show now. This will be our 18th year. What was that? The goat store. Yep, exactly. And we went, so we were, we had this meeting set up for Wednesday and we had a meeting with the Sheraton set up on Friday. And I said to Gary, I said, Hey, you know, do you want to go to these? And he was like, dude, you know, I've got a real job right now. Um, like I can't get out for both. I can take off one of the two days, which one's more important. And I said, well, which one do you think? And he said, well, is there any chance we're moving from the Sheraton? And I, I kind of laughed and I said, no. And he said, all right, well then I'll go to the Sheraton. Um, and so went downtown and was meeting with them and they were like, Hey, you know, here's the thing. And so they had stopped out at the show last year and they came to us and said, here's how we would set up these rooms. Here's what we would do about this. Here's how you can do moving. Here's how we can do move out. You know, we can make this so that it works so well for you guys. And I sat there and I was looking at everything that they were saying. And I was like, oh my God, like all of this will work. And so I started the questions that had always stopped us before. Well, how can we handle like setting up our own stuff? We basically use all of our own stuff. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Wow. Um, what about how, what about electrical? Uh, we took pictures because they actually stopped out of the show last year. We took pictures of your electrical grid. We showed it to our electricians. You'll be able to plug it in for this cost, which was uh, significantly reduced from the $200 per outlet cost. Um, and so if you want to do that, you can come here and we can, you know, get that in for a much more reasonable cost. And it was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. And uh, so we walked down to the Sheraton and then, I'm sorry, not the Sheraton. We walked down to the Wisconsin Center from where we had been uh, having this meal and I was texting Gary on the way and I was like, Oh my God, like this is an actual proposal this year. This isn't the usual, like I get a free meal and 
then we go, well, we tried because we did and nothing that we, nothing worked. And they got me there and they started walking me through and they had looked at absolutely everything with our show, figured out how to fit it and figured out how to make it so that it would be effective for us in the way of like affordability. And we're, we're pumped. I'm a little overwhelmed right now, but I'm, I'm literally today is the first time that I felt like, okay, we're getting to the point right now that this can really come through and we can make this happen. Um, and I, I'm positive that everything about the show, and when I say everything, I mean everything about the show, is going to be improved from what it has been. Cool. So that's interesting you say that. I have a question, a hard question. So Sheraton was actually pretty pretty awesome, in my opinion, for bringing in games. Uh, easy to park, easy to pull up, lots of people able to jump out of the cars and help you. What's the logistics going to be like for moving games and unloading them and loading them and such for the new location? We have one door that we're going to use. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the, so, so this is, again, this place is set up so well for this type of thing. The I've had people, including someone that's worked there in the past um, on a different show that was like, you know, you should talk to the police and see if you can shut down a street for a little while. And I was hmm. like, there's no way the police are going to let me shut down a street in the middle of Milwaukee. And so that was one of those things that it was like, you know, I don't think that we're going to be able to find a good way to move stuff in. When they took me there, they were like, Oh, let me show you guys. Let me show you how you can move everything in. And I was like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm real interested in this. So we go to the back of the building. There is a ramp that is 30 feet wide that goes directly into what will be the back of the arcade hall. There are 16 full-size semi-dock trucks or semi-docks for semi-trucks that go directly to the arcade hall and the vendor hall. There's another 30-foot ramp that goes directly into the arcade hall. There's a ramp that goes up that's right by a um, two freight elevators that are big enough to move cars in that go down to the second level where we're going to have other things. The actual like amount of space that it is from any place that you'd be unloading is shorter than um, almost everywhere at the Sheraton was for actually setting up. Um, and because of their size, we we're working on some of that stuff right now. Like one of the final logistics that I'm doing right now, honestly, is that we're, we're working on the, where do you park your trailer? If you get a trailer, thing? Yeah. because we never had to know in the past how many trailers right. we had, we might've had, 10 last year we might have had 200 i have no idea because i didn't have to worry about it and again we didn't exactly think that we were moving so it wasn't something that we were like "Ooh, we got to count trailers this year so with the trailers we're we're finding there's going to be three different spots at least maybe even four that you'll be able to park two of them that will be close or within easy walking distance that will be a slight cost or at least one place that we're trying to get that will be completely free that will be within a 10 mile radius of the event. Oh, cool. And um, so we're, we're finding all of that stuff for actual cars. Um, in many ways, I think it's, it's better. It is a slight cost to it. The Sheraton app, ah, gosh, not the Sheraton, the Hilton that's there has worked out a deal. When you get your parking, you bring it. And I don't know exactly how this is going to work, but it's something like you bring it to us, you get it validated. And when you pay for it on the way out, it's $8. And then you will have covered parking and you will never need to go outside the entire way into the show. So like those places have 
stuff that's available. It's not quite as available and free as it was at the Sheraton, but you also won't end up parking in Toys R Us's parking lot and then having mm. them tell you that you're, they're going to tow your car because they suddenly became weird. Yeah. So, um, I, I it's like I said, it's something that a lot of the logistics stuff has taken us so much longer than I had expected it to, because when we grew up at the Sheraton, we started as like, oh, we're we were like 4,000 people. And so it was just like, oh, well, you know, go to a door, unload your crap. It's yep. easy. And yep. then every year we grew, it was just like people figured out how to do it. Right. And so for this, I've been, I've spent three days downtown so far this week um, in meetings with people figuring out like, okay, how are we going to move things? How are we going yeah. to make this work? And I am certain that when all is said and done, it will be as easy as it was last year, it's just more difficult for me to be able to finalize and tell everybody sure. all that stuff that's happening right Listen, now. When so, I did, when I did, uh, I've done a couple of events at the Mall of America. <clears throat> they do things in the rotunda all the time. The cool thing about the Mall of America is they have a whole lower loading dock, so you can actually drive cars in there and trucks, and you just back them up and then unload your stuff. So uh, I look forward to hearing a little bit more about that when you figure out uh, what's going on. You, you mentioned yeah, the Hilton. There, there. Well, real quick, there should be information with any luck by at the latest it'll be next week that it comes out. Cool. And if you want to see some stuff on it right now, if you go to our um, YouTube page and you search for Midwest Gaming Classic, you find the official page. You can look. I was there once and did a Facebook Live thing of four different videos of the halls and stuff like that to kind of explain what they were and what they were going to look like. One of the four videos was out on the dock talking about this is how, if you're bringing stuff, this is where you'll get to go. You'll get to see how big it is because, like, it is something that <laughs> when literally they hit it well enough that you have no idea that it's there, and then you go up there and it's like, oh my gosh, this thing is huge. Um, I literally was watching a semi truck drive up it the other day when I was there and thinking like, yeah, that's a really big roundabout that I had no idea is there. Um, and so it's, it's going to be fine. It's just, and like some people, and I totally get this by the way, are very concerned because, well, they haven't told us how this is going to happen. You know, they, they must not know. And the thing is, is that I don't want to go out and say to people, Hey, you know, this is how we think that this is going to happen and then have to change it four times. So we, are, like I said, this week, um, next week at the latest, we'll have all of that together and be able to put that out. And then it'll be, I think people will see that it's going to be just Sweet. as easy as it's ever been. The other thing, more so. you mentioned the Hilton. So speaking of hotels, which ones are MGC affiliated with and uh, for this year and what kind of disc, is there a discount associated with those? Or Yeah, um, we actually just added a third one today. Oh, cool. So, yeah, there are three. The Hilton is one of the three. The Hilton is located on the south side of the Wisconsin Center. It is connected directly to it by a skywalk that goes over one of the streets. So, again, nice. you don't have to leave the hotel, really, to get to go over to the event. It's kind of like the Sheraton in that way, where the event is directly attached to it. Um, I don't have the prices offhand, but I believe that room nights there are 119 and then parking is $8 for that one. Not if bad. you're signing up for that one and it says parking is 25, that's because they can't change it on their website. But the $8 that we are saying is correct. Okay. Cool. Um, there is the Hyatt, which is on the other side, which is um, also attached by a skywalk. It's a little bit of a longer skywalk. It's actually where the queuing for our tickets will be happening on Saturday morning. Oh, interesting. And um, 
Yeah. You'll be able to go buy it if you've pre-ordered. Hint, hint, go pre-order. But um, <laughs> if you haven't pre-ordered, the, the line will actually be put onto the Skywalk there. The Skywalk for that one's about a block long, um, a city block long. And again, directly attaches to the Hyatt without having to go outside. So like, if you're like, hey, I just bought a bunch of games and I'm concerned about it raining, well, you will actually be able to walk to your car wherever you're at without going outside, which is kind of crazy. Um, I think that the pricing for that one is something like 114, but their parking's slightly more expensive at I think 18. And then the one that we just added is Spring Hill Suites, which is also connected via Skywalk, and it's a newer hotel that's downtown. It turns out that my old salesperson from the Sheraton um, from a couple years ago moved there, and so nice. we had a. We I had a great that. little reunion recently when he great. saw the sign for us flashing downtown and he was like, you did it. And so <laughs> we just worked out a deal with them. And I know that one offhand because I literally was putting it up today. It is $119 for a night. Um, they only have valet parking for your car there, which is 30 bucks. But, Sweet. you know, it's another option. You have suite rooms there. And their one thing that they have as a like bonus is that you get free breakfast. Awesome. That is, I believe hot and made to order so that's actually really great uh i have hilton honors points i don't have a hyatt thing anymore but spring hill suites is a marriott which i'm a huge fan of so i i was going to stay at the hilton but i might just switch over to the spring hill suites yeah well and that's one of the things that's kind of spectacular about this last year the midwest gaming classic sold out the sheraton in november mm-hmm. we and the sheraton was 350 ish rooms we then went on to sell out three more partner hotels that were in the city that were all smaller. The Hilton itself downtown is 700 rooms. Wow. And so it's double the size and it's also connected. The Hyatt is something like, I think 300 more. And then Spring Hill is something like 150 more. I don't know if I'm getting those numbers exactly right, but I know that between the three of them, it's over a thousand room nights. So we should not have any issues with completely selling out. We are getting close with one hotel on getting to the point that it's sold out. Um, but if it does, then there's two other options. Sweet. That's and, awesome. By the way, the discounts, to get the discounts, just go to MidwestGamingClassic.com, click on location, um, and they're, all three of them are listed there at the bottom of the page. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> My question how many games do you think that space could hold versus what was in the last location? Uh, here's the way that I like to describe it to people. So the last location, now when you're talking games, I, I always like to clarify, what type of games do you mean? Well, you had arcade and pinball, so what what's the mm-hmm. plan for that? And they were scattered all over the hotel before, so you had mm-hmm. downstairs. They were you had mostly some, in the one place. Yeah, but like but you had, had the there was a cabaret room, though, and there was, yeah. So yep. let's, let's yeah. give us a feel for what it might be like in the new space versus the old space. Sure. Well, so first to just kind of describe the, the sizing, the room that we were in last year, and this is kind of funny, when we first started using the Sheraton, they were claiming that this room was, it was like 10,000 square feet. Recently, they've started claiming that the arcade is like 7,400 square feet, I think it is. So I don't know how it shrunk, but, um, or I don't know where, what they were claiming was bigger before, but whether it was 7,400 or 90, whatever hundred, doesn't matter. The way to think about it is this. If you think about the size of the arcade versus the size of the tent, um, the arcade was smaller, right? So the tent was the size of a football field, the exact size of a football field. It was uh, 100 uh, yards long, so 300 feet long by 80 feet wide. 
the room that we are in could you could set up the entire tent in, stake it down, and have room to walk around the outside of it. That's where the arcade will be. The museum will also be in that room, but the it will be approximately double the space. Dude, that's that's amazing. So, as far as panels, are there are there specially are there any special rooms for panel discussions? Yes. Um, so we started by announcing one. Um, or we started by planning for one room for speakers. And then we suddenly had so many people that were asking like, Oh my gosh, I want to do something for you guys this year that we decided <laughs> to open up a second. So we have two of them. Neither of them are in a restaurant or bar this year, um, which a lot of people will really appreciate because at the Sheraton, that's just the only place that we could have for them. And so these are their own dedicated rooms. Um, they are the bigger one will seat approximately 200 people. The smaller one will seat approximately 100 people. And we will have stuff going on in those areas throughout the day. There'll also be a third location just for video presentations. So, um, I, I mean, like basically everything that we did last year is at least doubled in scope this year, which is just amazing, especially because we're, we're already having to be like, okay, we got to figure out where to put this new thing because like people, keep coming up with more awesome stuff, which is awesome. And uh, the, the good news is will just result in us getting more space at the Wisconsin Center in the future if that keeps happening. Nice. So you mentioned those video locations. Now, how do those compare? And, I, and I'm looking down here at some of the things that are going to be going on. Uh, like the, the music location, which I'm not even familiar with. Mm -hmm. what, like, well, which, what, what is this music location exactly? Well, the music location was at the show the, um, for, I don't know, the last five years. In right. the, um, I got to go to your show. I, I mean, I don't know why I haven't. but You haven't? Okay. I know. Well, I'm a, a noob. That's all right. That's well, all right. Uh, he we, is... we, we accept all comers. It's all good. Okay. He is from Houston. So, so. Yeah, well, I mean, fair. I was that's in Minnesota fair. for 10 years, but I never made it. So The funny and, thing is, it's, yeah, five, well, it's five hours uh, on, by car from uh, Minneapolis to Milwaukee. Oh, I've been. Mm -hmm. And it's I've five hours from Austin to Milwaukee by plane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to put the DeLorean on a plane, though. <laughs> it depends on if you can get a transport plane. Well, it's only 18 hours by car, so. Yeah. Right. You could do it. <laughs> the So we, we've had a... Sorry, since you haven't been there, let me describe it this way. We've had a... Um, five years ago-ish, we had some bands come to us and say, you know, hey, we'd love to do something to contribute to the show. And so we had a podcast that did both gaming and music that said, we'd love to run a band stage. And so there's a band stage that's in the back of the vendor hall that um, we have done and just kind of adds excitement to the room. There's a few people that don't love it because, oh my gosh, there's music being played when I just want to, you know, quietly look at stuff. But the vast majority of people really like it. And this year we're, we're toying with some different ideas because since it's all an indoor location now, um, we need to obviously maintain like different things than what we had to do in outdoor locations. So we're figuring out exactly what we can do, but that will be in there somewhere. And um, <laughs> it's like, you, you just asked me about the one area that I'm still like literally debating back and forth. I was on the phone talking about that area for 30 minutes today, downtown trying to figure out where the best spot is. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 
It also uses, sorry, I'm, my brain is all over because I've been thinking about this so much. It also is our place where we have our cosplay tournament that's held at the end of the day. And so it's a large location that has been uh, pretty popular. Last year, it's where Svenguli held the cosplay contest, which was quite the hit. Huh. Yeah, my um, 18-year-old is going to participate in that next year, this year. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, it's, I, it's, so the whole thing is, so I'm always amazed by it because the truth of the matter is, is that while I'm one of the guys that's behind it and I'm generally the guy that gets interviewed and stuff like that because I'm the content guy, Gary's the guy that like makes the money. Um, is kind of the joke between us. I'm the one that spends it. He's the one that makes it. So if you want to hear about like how we actually have a ticket system that works and stuff, Gary is totally the right guy to talk to. But then when it's like, what is going on? It's me. But it's also always fascinating because like almost everything is people that have come to me and said like, I love your show. What can we do to add to your show this year? What about this? And us just going yes and figuring out a way. And something that I love is that so many people, just because of our space constraints, they knew our space constraints in the past when we had 65,000 square feet. And they said, you know, okay, we know that you can't fit this. So they didn't even bother saying like, you know, I could bring this because I, I don't want to stress Dan out. We don't have space for it. It's fine. This year, everybody's coming out of the woodwork. And so I'm having people that are calling up and like a perfect example is Chris from Kingpin just yesterday we announced that he is bringing the Kingpin Kitty Ride Menagerie, which is going to be over 20 ride-on kitty rides. And Chris has been like, yeah, you know what? I want to do this because I think it's really cool. I think it could be a big hit. I think that the kids would really appreciate this. And so this is something that, and he said to me, like, I could have brought these for 10 years, but what was I going to do? Say to you guys, like, hey, I'm going to bring all these, you know, move out the other stuff that's already there. He was like, we've got space. I want to bring these. It'll be really cool. And so we're able to say yes to stuff like that. And basically the whole show is me and Gary hearing really cool ideas from really cool people that want to share their passion for gaming and then figuring out a way to say yes to helping them do that. Cool. Now is the power grid going to be able to handle those rides? Oh yeah. Nice. Our power grid is a 200 amp, three-phase service, so it's actually 600 amps that is distributed through a series of uh, panels. Last year, the arcade running it was running less than 50% of its theoretical capacity through it. Wow. Um, So we could double the number of machines. On top of that, we actually have two identical panels for that. They're they're nicknamed Dr. Ock because the arms that came down from the ceiling to power them at the Sheraton looked like the uh, arms of Doc Ock from (laughs) Spider-Man. And... um, they we we have both of them that we get to use now and like i said we're going to be able to plug them in and so everything's a go with it and uh then we can distribute power through there and my father-in-law is an electrician and he is the one who developed this if anybody's looking for a electrician in the milwaukee area klein electric knows how to set up your arcade because uh he helped me set up mine as well as the midwest gaming classic nice and uh maybe you could do my basement yeah, he can do. He can literally do anything because he's super like particular about making sure that everything's right. And so our system—I mean, honest to God, our our, our power grid's a forty thousand dollars system that sits in the basement for all but three days a year. And we do that. We we did that originally because early on in the show we were having power drops on some pinball machines. Bally Williams games tend to 
drop power and go bong and reset if you're ever so slightly off on your power. And so this thing was made to handle as many arcade machines as we could have show up and uh, not have them have power issues. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Hey, yeah, I'm looking down here. What about this vendor hall? What can you tell me about that? So in the past, the vendor hall was the vast majority of that tent that I talked about, the football right. field size tent, oh. uh, 80 feet by 300 square feet. And so in the past, there was, I think it was seven islands of approximately 12 or 14 tables in there. We'll just call it about 100 tables worth of vendors. Um, so this year, the vendor hall is large enough that you could, again, set up the tent inside the vendor hall, stake it down. And then set up another tent inside the vendor hall, stake it down, still walk around both of them and still have 60-ish by 180 square feet in the back of space. So like another half a tent. And we have somewhere around the range of 200 tables now that are set up for vendors. We are down to probably about 25 to 30 that are left. Um, And I know that Gary was making offers to vendors, I think as recently as yesterday, So if you're a vendor and you're interested, make sure to sign up soon. But yeah, we're going to have, um, it's, it's a 63,000 square foot hall, 63,500 square foot hall, the tent, and we'll have some food in there. And then we also have a huge board game section that's in there. And the rest of it is all vendors. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's so cool because it's so many different things. What, so one of the things with the show is we don't just cover arcade and pinball. We also cover home console. We cover retro computer. We cover modern consoles. We cover uh, board games. We cover collectible card games. We cover crane games. We cover air hockey. We cover everything that's a game that's not game gambling, basically. And so one of the things that's so interesting about it is that the vendor hall in particular, it used to be like, I don't know, maybe 50 tables of people just selling video game stuff. And now as as the event's grown, like you can go get a cosplay contest, uh, a cosplay costume. And so if you want to get like an awesome handmade shirt from someone, you can, and then you can go and there's people that are selling these really cool shirts. And then there's people that have made like the bead art that they're selling. And like, there's so many different things, the variety of the, the different things that you can look at the, I like just walking around the vendor hall and just seeing all the new cool stuff every year. Yeah, that's that's going to be a interesting change this year. It yeah. I mean, and again like it, this is where I've had this fascinating thing where I've been going to people in the past we would clear out hotel rooms and so um and this is where we've had a number of people that were concerned because they were like, oh, I loved it because it was like, and the words that I heard multiple times were it's like a video game frat party where you go in and you just wander from room to room and every room you go into has something else going on and it's cool and everybody's super friendly and you don't know what it is and you don't care because you want to find out what it is. And so you walk into every room to discover it. And a lot of those rooms, like I said, they were literally hotel rooms that we would rent out, move out the beds, move out the dressers, and then put content into because we were that out of space. And I've had the joy, I guess, this year of going to some of those rooms and being like, yeah, so the room that you were in last year was about 200 square feet. Are you good with 1,800 square feet this year? Right. And then hearing them be like, oh, my God, I have so many ideas. Yes, I, I hear, do you need me to tell you everything that I'm going to do? This is going to be so cool. And, like, it's 
it's going to it, it honestly the amount of content and stuff like that is just it's mind-blowing to me how cool people can be yeah that's that's just crazy now well now you had a lot of um traffic in the hallways <clears throat> a lot of different podcasts were there also mm-hmm. and we might have to do a little show like an arcade radio live show yeah yeah, well, we I will tell you that we have a room that's dedicated to podcasts right now. To get an official spot in there, you'd also need to kind of man a table in that room because otherwise we have a room with a bunch of empty tables most of the time, and that's a little awkward. Yeah. But um, we're hoping to have people do live podcast recording at the show um, of lots of different podcasts. Yeah. I mean, that, that's where our show really – and, like, every show – is different in lots of different ways. But for us, it's all about supporting like the, the people behind the games. Uh, it's, we're definitely a trade show, but Gary, I think correctly calls us a social trade show that really what our trade is more about is the sharing of the games and the games itself. And like how the, the different ways that you can share games, whether that's in podcasts, whether that's in a business, like an arcade that might have a space or something like that. And by by having all those different things, you end up in a situation where it's just, it's, it's a different feel because you, you have people that want to share what they like and what they think is great about the hobby that they love. And yeah. the, the more that you get into it too, one of the things that's just fascinating is that when we started like 15 years ago, 18 years ago is when we started, but 15 years ago, I remember when we were first starting to get pinball people at the show, there's a lot of the old school pinball guys that would come out and we would have like 25 machines at the time. And we'd have a couple parts vendors and that was kind of it. And multiple ones of them said to me stuff like, man, it was a great show, but you know, you should get rid of all the video game people and then like do it again. (laughs) And we were always like, guys, the point is to share a similar hobby with everybody. And the video game guys to an extent would be like, yeah, you know, I don't understand why all the pinball guys are here. And <laughs> we were just like, the vision of it is to share this with everybody. And you know what, if you, if you just want to go to your, a, a show that's just about pinball, there are much better shows than ours for just pinball. Well, if you want to go to a show that's just about arcade games, there are shows that are much better, but as an overall event, if you have everything together, that's what I think is unique about us. Yeah. And now what's so cool is that like, there are people that I know that are pinball people who that's their main thing that they do who now adore dressing up for the cosplay contest (laughs) every year because (laughs) like it's something that they would never do otherwise. Right. But what the hell let's go join into this world where these people are so passionate about this and they're accepting of us. Yeah. They don't care that what we did doesn't look quite as cool as what they did. They think that it's awesome. Yeah. And and it's about acceptance sort of thing is it's, it's honestly mind blowing. It's like a, it's, it's, it's something that I never expected from the show. And it is basically the only thing that is worth keeping it going for, because it's not like it's, it's giant moneymaker or anything like that, but it's a time of the year that people get together and share being people with one another with a common interest of sharing gaming. Yeah. So, um, that's interesting because you, you, you touched on the thing about, you know, like there's the pinball guys and then there's the arcade guys, but there's also like the guys that just want to play consoles. There's there, my, my neighbor would love the computer room. Like that's all he would do. He'd be in the computer area the whole time. 
you know, and mm-hmm. it, we, I guess he likes pinball too. But the whole point is, is that there's something for everybody. And then there's, there's the chance for you to dabble. So if you've never seen some yeah. of these things, you can try them, you know? Right. And again, that's where <laughs> for, for years when we started this, Gary and I felt stupid about like the, you know, did we start the wrong thing? Because it it took five it took five or six years for anybody to care, and it was actually 2004 we held a show, and Gary and I were both working like 60 hours a week on it while holding down full time jobs, yeah. while trying to be good husbands, while doing everything else, and we we held the show and we lost a bunch of money on it, and uh, the people that came to the show, I was like, you know, well at least all these people will have really appreciated it because we did a good right. job, and. I remember that night, it was the night that the show closed. I went to my computer and I sat down and I pulled up a couple message boards of people that I knew had been at the show. And I was like, oh man, at least I'm going to hear these good things. You know, it'll make me feel better about this. And it wasn't positive. The people that were there were like, well, I went to the video, or I went to Minnesota Gaming Classic and uh, I own every Nintendo game except for two. And those two games were not at the show. The show was a total disaster and no one should ever go there. <laughs> and. Gary and I were both just like, all right, we're done. Like, this is stupid. Like we did all of this work. We lost a ton of money and all of these people thought that it was stupid. Like, why would we bother doing this again? And so in 2005, we tried stopping. We literally did not have the show. And the, about the same, same time that the show would be happening in 2005, we started to have people email and say, Hey, what happened? This was like my favorite thing of the year. What can I do to bring it back? And since we also run the goat store and that was the only thing that was saving us from completely like losing our cars and our apartments and stuff during running the show, those early years, we were like, well, we can't just tell them like, we don't want to do this again because it sucked because then they won't buy stuff from the goat store. Um, so let's just come up with stuff that's too crazy that they'll never be able to pull off. And so we were like, Ooh, great idea. So we came up with this list of crazy stuff that we were like, you know, this all will seem sort of reasonable, but they'll never be able to pull this off. And we gave it to them. It was like a place that's twice as big for half the cost of last year. <laughs> no one will ever find that. We looked everywhere. And then we said, okay, uh, someone that will just sit at ticket taking all day long. <laughs> no one will do that. If you're a gamer, you don't want to sit at tickets all day. And so we emailed like the 10 or so people that had contacted us. And then the the thing that keeps the show going happened, which is that a, a week later, we I first we got an email back from one of them that was like, all right, you know what, you guys just relax, we'll we'll see what we can do. And Gary and I were both like, cool, it's done. A couple weeks later, got a call from one of them. Hey, found a location, four times as big, half the cost. You did? Oh. Okay. A week later. Hey, I've got two people that are going to manage tickets the entire time. It's me and one other person. We're also going to uh, make sure that we're there throughout entire setup to make sure that we can direct people. Nice. Really? Okay. Uh, I know that marketing was difficult for you guys to find the time to do that with all the other organizations. So I have written press releases for this company. I'm going to write press releases for you guys, and I'm going to make sure that we get coverage for you guys. <laughs> yeah, you've got an amazing oh. number of volunteers in different areas. Just there was like yeah. a, you had your own commercial last year. It's like uh, it was like a Chuck E. Cheese or um, Showbiz what? Pizza. Showbiz Pizza. Showbiz Pizza. Yeah, that was so cool. And it, like Billy yeah. Bob, you got you got Aaron Fector to do your commercial. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I mean, well, and that's where uh, almost all of this stuff is people who are fans of the show coming and saying like, hey, 
this is awesome. Would you guys consider doing this? And us going, well, of course we would. <laughs> and then seeing exactly what we can do. The, the Aaron Factor commercial came from someone suggesting to me last year on my son's birthday, January 30th, uh, we went to Chuck E. Cheese, just like I did last week. And I just for giggles, filmed Chucky and went live on Midwest Gaming Classic, um, on Midwest Gaming Classic's Facebook, just because I was like, this is a group that will appreciate these robots like I do. And so <laughs> I did that. And then people immediately were like, you need to get Aaron Fector to the show. And I was like, that would be amazing. And so people started saying like, here's how you contact him. Here's what And so now me and Aaron have had lots of back and forths. Um, we, I actually have an animator's toolkit from him. So I have an actual animatronic that he's made that I'm slowly building with, uh, my eight year old into a working gargoyle. And, uh, the commercial came out of that. We haven't been able to get him to the show yet, but if anybody wants to read into this, there's been behind the scene negotiation to actually have the band up to the show playing. It's just a matter of we need to clear enough money early enough in the process to be able to pull that off. So cool. at this point, I'm thinking hopefully next year, but you never <laughs> know. So, Well, tell us how we sign up for pre-order and give us the MGC website and such. Yeah, the head to MidwestGamingClassic.com, mm -hmm. and you can go to buy uh, tickets, which is at the top of the page. And uh, that's basically it. You go through that. Two-day tickets are 55 bucks. A single day on Saturday is 45 A single day on Sunday is 25 Kids under the age of 10. Some people were confused about that, so I'll also say that as kids 9 and under are free. Um, that goes for Saturday or Sunday. There's also some Friday night, or there's a Friday night event called VIG, which is hard limited. We're not positive on the exact cap that we're going to put on it. Last year, the cap was 300 We have more than double the space and we we're kind of figuring out the goal is to have at least one game per person that is always playable so that there's always a game that you can walk up to and play so that is getting close to selling out that's 45 dollars a ticket for friday night if people are interested in doing that it's a way to get to see the content in a more relaxed manner and then friday night we have three different after parties that are at things. If you don't bring a game, there's still a game bringing after party, but if you can't bring a game because you flew up or whatever, and you can't get a ticket into the after party, there is a local arcade. Now you can go to and play until the wee hours of the night. There is a local place called bounce, which has like huge adult bounce structures in it, like <laughs> bounce castles and stuff Funny and a bar at the same time nice so um oh. yeah you can imagine how fun that would be so that's a 21 and up party and then the third place that they have is there is uh a place called 42 which is a bar that's downtown like a nerd type bar Sweet. and they are working with us and overdrive reality which is one of the groups that we've had help with the show for a couple of years and so we are throwing a kind of official after party there which <laughs> is going to have um a whole bunch of different stuff. It'll have the Nintendo PlayStation prototype there and playable. Awesome. So if you want to like check out the actual one that's in existence and actually try it, you'll have a chance to. I saw that um, last year. It was really cool. Yeah, it it is really cool. Yeah. Um, Johnny Gioli, who's the guy who sang all the songs for the Sonic songs, mm -hmm. is going to be 
at the bar and singing karaoke is all that I'm supposed to be able to say about it, but you can read into that however you will. What? And uh, then there's going to be a DJ there. They're going to have special like Midwest Gaming Classic themed drinks and stuff like that. And so like there's all of this stuff. And like that's one of the examples of ways that we're able to expand into doing new things because this space, (laughs) it's closer to this. 42 is within walking distance. So it makes sense. Well, we're looking forward to it. Tell us when it is. What day? April 13th, 14th, and 15th. Oh, man, that's perfect. Well, uh, that's the beginning of, you know, I want a new drug again. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, I just wanted to say thanks for being on the show again, Dan. It's fantastic yeah. having you on. Always a pleasure. And we're really looking forward to the show. We're going to have to get Mark up here. I think that's going to be the goal. And then we'll uh, yeah. we'll, we'll do well, some sort of live show. next year. Yeah, and then we can figure out a way to. I got to talk with you offline. Maybe figure out a way that we can pitch in a, at least so we can get our name in lights, and then you know, Ooh. <laughs> what you know, become a sponsor, <laughs> so that we, you know, so that we get our name on like some sort of poster on a wall someplace. You never know. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but but I I I'd be really. Uh, really looking forward to this new venue i'm i'm really excited about it i think it's going to be just huge very yeah well and i guess here's the thing that i will tell anybody is that if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're not sure and you've been to the show in the past and you're listening to me and you're like i just i don't know all that i can say is this please trust us for a couple more weeks (laughs) <laughs> as a lot of this stuff gets rolled out I know it's taking a while it's taking much longer than Gary or I had wanted it to and I know that that's making some people concerned that we don't oh, know what we're doing we have it faith, or we have faith the in truth you. is yes and the truth is, is that it's just that we want to make sure that we've dotted all of our I's and crossed all of our T's yeah. so when we give out the information we don't have a situation like it, like I could tell you about one of the places to park trailers right now that is 100% set, is locked, <laughs> and will probably take 100% of the trailers and have no issues. But if I do that and then we don't have a spot for a trailer, and I'm like, yeah, you know, we don't know where you park, sorry, and you just <laughs> rolled in from Minnesota with your trailer, you're not going to be happy with me. So I want to clear up all those things before any of that happens, and uh, we're going to have, once this happens, like I said, I'm dedicated to making sure that the back end of the show, that the part of it that I do is there and solid enough that we can enable more people to do more cool stuff than ever before and have one hell of a celebration all together. Sweet. Well, thanks for everybody in the chat for hanging with us tonight. Dan, thanks for being on the show. And this has been Arcade Radio. Thank you guys for supporting us. Yeah, absolutely. This has been Arcade Radio. You can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, all those different places. You can email us at react at arcaderadio.com. And we're looking forward to next week when we have our next guest. And um, we're going to do a couple shows in a row coming up. Uh, So look for the next um, Thursday and uh, the Thursday after that. And then I'm going to be on vacation, so I might have to do a, a show from Hawaii. So, Hawaii. Thanks for listening in. Arcade Radio, out. Woo!